Sub Crouchies, 251, post midseason madness. We are ready to look back, digest, break down, think about what on earth just happened in the past week. Six days of tournaments. It was a long one. Um, Yiska, your brain is fried because you don't go to bed until 5 a.m. now. Um, yep. The good news is you're only like half an hour away from enjoying McDonald's breakfast. So, you know, you're thinking like, damn, if I just wait, if I just stay up a little bit longer, I can get a muffin. It was so bad. I had to slam so much caffeine that I then this was one week off. I went cold turkey and I slept for mm -hmm. like between 13 and 15 hours. Had really bad. Like I almost I thought I had COVID like I was doing tests and whatnot. And then I realized I went from eight liters of Coke to you know, none, no ca caffeine at all. And I ha had mm. pounding headaches as well, which I basically never do. So yeah, Hawaii is a great time. Like, it's just awesome watching that. Oof. Ridiculous. Just go to bed. There are VODs, bro. It's okay. No. We'll make do. That, like, I, I genuinely think that most of the inter interesting experience is lost by the time you get to the VODs. Oh, I I totally agree, but for your own health and sanity and some enjoyment of the game, right? Like it's it's hard to pay attention to like the nuance of things when you know you have people screaming about how Hunter Hunter is either good and or bad. So I mean you know, that's tough. I mean that infuriates me so much that it keeps me awake. So <laughs> okay, good enough. Uh, gotta, you gotta tune in to these live shows, guys. You really don't know what you're missing. Or maybe you know exactly what you're missing and, you know, you're just, you know, taking a, a precautionary step back. If that's you. God, how, do, how would you know what you're missing? You would have to be there to know, to know what it is, in which case you wouldn't be missing it. It's just, it's just or, a weird conundrum. Or you've just synthesized our personalities into the worst possible arguments and then like multiplied them like people, 10 times. I don't know, but people, but people think they understand my personality. True. And uh, they, they don't know that 70% of it, I just made up a number, is a, is a full on act. But you know, mm. <laughs> our social relationships and all that on the internet, am I right? Mm. Um, how much of me is real? How much of me are not? Maybe I'm just an AI. Maybe I'm actually. Uh, no one's seen me in real life. Uh, I exist in a fake place called Australia. That's not even a real country. Um, because True. if I was really in Australia, I would have already fallen off the planet. Because Exactly. We, we, we do live on a flat earth. So, I mean, um, yeah, maybe I'm not even real. Maybe I'm just a hologram. I'm just an algorithm. So, Avril is a conspiracy. Imagine getting annoyed by an algorithm. I'm just Rehoboam from season three of Westworld. Imagine getting <laughs> mad at an algorithm. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, this is uh, this is we're going to cover some news today about some of the recent, well, a signing and a release, and then also we're going to talk about midseason. Obviously, it's a big topic, and some of our thoughts behind midseason, some of the other things that happened there. Um, don't forget, we also have another episode coming out tomorrow as well. Uh, and that's is it tomorrow? I don't know. It comes out after this episode. It'll be yeah, it'll I be really soon. Should, after I this. should know. I should know when the next episode comes out, but I don't. Um, it'll be sometime. It'll be sometime between the the 
the next two episodes and the end of this one. Sure. So this is 251. 252 will come out before 253, but after 251 at some point. Whoever uploads between the three of us will, will know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is going to be our mid-season Crouchies as well, if you forgot what the Crouchies is. It's kind of like our fun awards. They're not very serious awards. These are just kind of like fun stuff like, you know, who was the best bench player, etc. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and also your votes, your fan votes on Juked for the Juked MVPs and all that kind of stuff. Joe, that's all. That's all, that's all coming up. Yeah. You know, we, uh, for this week, we kind of put it out to, to the public, um, with our partnership with Juked for, you know, this, this month, we, we've tried to create like a special activation in this week. We, you know, put out a vote to, you know, you guys on, on Juked, um, to see who was the, you know, who, who is the standout player that didn't have necessarily some big expectations in your mind, who really kind of had a pop off performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, you know, people are going actively right now on Juked and they're voting and, you know, they're explaining why. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been an interesting little experience. There's a there's a, there's a couple of comments that I, I want to highlight here. You know, people are talking about how, you know maybe proper isn't necessarily getting the credit that you know they deserve and you know shout outs to avro a little bit there too get getting somebody's mvp vote so that's always nice to see that you know somebody close to the show is also getting some credit um so yeah if you're interested um in supporting the show but also supporting a a a great esports cause head on over to juke to place your votes we'll tally them up in the following episode to this um and yeah, go support Juke. They're a social app made specifically for the needs of esports fans. They've got you covered on schedules, tier two, Overwatch League. Oh, you like Dota? They got Dota. Oh, you like Apex? They got ALGS. They've got everything under the sun. It's actually kind of surprising how much stuff that they have on there. It's stuff that I've never even heard of. So if you're a multi esports fan, head on over there, check it out. Uh, let us let them know we sent you. We do have our Tactical Crouchers badge that you can get now. I think if you follow the account, Tactical Crouch, I believe is uh, the official account. Um, you should uh, be getting that within the next week or so. Um, and yeah, just want to shout out Juked and uh, thanks to them for supporting the show. And yeah, get out there, go vote um, in more ways than Thumbs one. Up. And yeah, let's get it. Who do you think are the best? I want to cover those, but I want to preview it because I get excited about the awards. Uh, you know, too early to preview Summer Showdown. We're going to get to that in a way later episode, I think. Well, not that way later, maybe just a couple of from now. But another way to just kind of, I don't know, celebrate the midseason for what it is, is to kind of celebrate the individual performers. But again, that's 252, something to look forward to uh, and join us on Juke to talk about it. But Guys, we'll kick off the, this episode proper now because there is some stuff to go over. 251 is brought to you by Avril Vista Bay Bay, Battle Crab Refine being Bronze Bot Buhal Chare. Philadelphia is more of a stage three team anyway. Chris R34444, Cash67, Lolsh, and Porkshop, Sammy Rexane. Battle Bell Smooth Nuts in Your Misery with YouTube members Ice Ham, Jello, William Jesse, Vishman, Fireman6, AK, and Chris R. Alrighty, so our tournament just finished. Indeed. A couple things to consider there but we want to just blow through the news really quickly because the entire yeah. mid-season madness discussion is going to be a big one yeah. so let's 
just run through. There's like maybe two to three things important to talk about in this last week. Mm -hmm. um, number one of on the list is going to be Kuki. He's gone so he's done so he's out of the New York, New York Excelsior. I mean, part of me looks at this and it's like, damn. But also, part of me is like, NYXL has been pretty underperforming so far. Mm -hmm. um, definitely below expectations. Unless you're Yeska and you you just knew they weren't going to be great. I had hope. Um, but no, NYXL has been in a really weird place and it seems like they are making moves. I don't know if this is going to be the only move they make. Obviously, they still have Ho One joining. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know who their coach is now. Is there, Does it just go to one of the assistant coaches? Is oh, Undyne sure. the head coach now? So, yeah, is Gesture the head coach now? So, yeah. it does leave an interesting position for New York. I, I we have to I, we have to assume there'll be more changes to the team, right? In mm -hmm. some way, not just cuts, but maybe additions. Yeah, I would I would have to guess, right? Like, and that's what you know the rumor mill is spinning up that you know maybe New York looks quite different uh, by the start of uh, the was it the summer showdown? I can never get it right. Some yeah, summer showdown. Yeah. So. Like, yeah, it's it's another one of those like Washington arguments where it's just like you, you're underperforming to even like your handicapped roster. Um, you know, we've talked about it on the show about how, you know, they have talent. There's no question about how New York has some great talent. It's just they don't have specific pieces. They don't have Say much depth at all. Say the line. That they're the woeful. Is, the talent is, finish the sentence, the talent is there two little word um oh, sorry, five little word i was thinking is i was like the talent <sighs> is but i said the two little words so there's a section no it's, you're right the talent is there is the it is, is, there. The, is bard say the line <laughs> you said the line you said the line guys you said the line the talent is there okay the Continue. talent is there and it's and it's it's sad because like you go back and you watch some of our preseason episodes and you listen to avril talk about and big up kellen and i don't I don't think that's just like a, oh, the skill vampires got him. Like once he crossed, know you know, the, the Korean border and came to Texas, wherever the hell New York are playing from, like he just got worse. It's like this team is underperforming. They're not playing well. And somebody's probably got to pay for it. And there has to be changes made. And unfortunately, Cookie's got to go. This is what it is. I was like, you know, when I hype up new rookie DPS players, they, they typically turn out to be absolute gods. But when I when I hype up like the top tank players, especially the main tank players out of Korea, I don't know what it is. Two in a row now, Mag and Kellen just both flopping. You could argue it's both because of their teams as well. Maybe, maybe it's it maybe it's could. Shadow Water. Maybe Probably they should. Can't out of, yeah. It's either they can't play out of Korea, they just struggle on a Western team, or the team itself mm -hmm. is a bit of an issue. Could be a bit of both. Who knows? Um, but that's the uh, we talk about skill vampire. You know, in order for guys like. Pelican and proper to succeed. To be fair, mm -hmm. I was I didn't like Omega hype up Pelican, um, but I you know real recognize real. I mean the people that people that saw him promote too knew he was going to be fucking phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's just like I don't know what it is. I don't know what it, what it is about tank players. I'm just not going to talk about ne next time. <laughs> people are like oh who's the next best tank player come out of Korea? I'm just like nope, ain't gonna say it. I don't know. It's not going to be anybody because every time I do. They just flop unless they join a Korean team and they don't leave Korea. Apparently, that's I'm just going to say that's the issue. They keep leaving Korea and they keep flopping because of it. But DPS, they're immune. 
they're immune because Pelican absorbs Mag's powers, Propers absorb Kellen's powers, and uh, yeah, tank players come over to NA and they just like don't know what they're doing anymore. So you're good tank players in Korea. You you stay damn damn well in Korea. That's what you got to do. Yeah, and then you'll be fine. Yeah, that's a it's a hard Max, one. Max Jumbin, stay the damn where stay where you damn are right now. Don't leave. Yeah, no, I think it is interesting that both of the like much hyped uh, former like contenders Korea tank talents never really hit the, their stride in the same way. I will also say like the trajectory on Cookie's career was interesting to me. Like I, I had a little bit of a different view uh, or like, mm, I, I guess more intimate view on the Mayhem situation because like we did this learning to win again and it was basically about like integrating like it, the the mayhem trying to find a way once again to be a good team and then uh mm. also og trying to revive his career and like when we talked about it like he he just said like i have a good feeling about og like that's a that's a player that can work blah 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 of course like he just came off making fade a top tier talent again um sure. so like you you had to give him some credit Unfortunately, like the se the season four mayhem were a bit of a bust uh, after uh, stage one, and then um, like coming into this season, there there's definitely a discussion because if you look at the way this roster was built, there's something weird. You you can tell me what you want, but sure, like, yeah, they start out. What, who did they sign? They signed Yaki. They signed Kellen. They secured Flora. Like, just Yaki and Kellen. If you were not going to invest... Like, either it's a complete budget allocation mishap, right? Mm -hmm. Or, like, something went wrong in this, where, in my opinion, like, if you had the same budget, you probably don't want to compete for the top-tier rookies there. You probably want to divide the budget up more, get a second tank in. Like have more sure. of a of a breath. It's, it's also Yaki is a main tank killer, bro. Like you either work with him or you <laughs> don't. Like if if you're sure. not on y Yaki's time, you're oh, we sleeping. Figured out. We figured out. You're you're having a nightmare, <laughs> right? Like if if what Yaki is doing didn't work so frequently, you would call him a feeder. You absolutely mm -hmm. would call him an absolute. <laughs> feeding like w pressing feeder it's it, i want to i want to put a pin in that comment that yaki is a tank killer because i think there's an interesting dichotomy but i will get to that i know everyone wanted to say something sure go ahead i just love that because <laughs> when i think about him it's just like the one tank that he has played with in the last few years that's not called og or kellen is actually Mag, and I think mm. they did okay together. So maybe yeah. what needs to happen is you have to reun reunite Yaki and Mag together because that seemed to be the one tank that was fine. With okay, Yaki. But I... the Yaki tank killer thing is also funny because when you think about like, oh man, you want to have Yaki in your team, it's just like he's such a good player. But then you know you talk about him as a tank killer, he's like, yeah, that's that's good, right? He's killing the other tank on the other team, right? No, he's killing the tank on your team. Yeah. Rip. That's that's the thing, like. In my mind, and I've, 
I'll I'll just say it out loud, and then the the relevant people in charge of both of these organizations can whatever they want to do with that. But I think a Mac for Kellen Trade is actually a win-win for both parties. Yeah, just in how how those temperaments work out. Mac wants Mac wants to play with aggressively, right? Like maybe they he knows Yaki as well. Kellen okay. like is 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 a much different type. I could see like how someone of his caliber that he was maybe not currently is could be interesting uh, and also filling in a, a gap there with um, with Washington alongside Kalios. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that would fix some things. I'm not sure about the contract volume that the, both of these guys are on. This is of course sure. always like a limiting factor. I, like. Don't in my like in my mind these are pretty comparable players as they are right now. At the same time, like they might be wildly different in terms of their contract volume, or they might be very comparable. I honestly have no idea, but you know, I'll just put it out into the ether. Let's let's see where this goes. But like, um, yeah, that, like you you gotta. Unfortunately, this is every team is making moves. The reason why a lot of people were like mad about the justice is because they stuck to their course and haven't ha- made a- any uh, recognizable or hard like changes to their de- trajectory. They haven't fired a coach. They haven't signed new players. They haven't kicked right. anyone. Whatever, right? Um, but the the other team that got away with it, got away with murder, was the New York Excelsior, right? Like mm-hmm. they are just they were just as underwhelming, unfortunately. They were just as stacked with talent, I would argue, and okay. they did worse than the ju- Washington Justice in, in this during the season, right? And I feel like this this team, once again, it's a it's a problem of uh, resource allocation in my mind, uh, and the asymmetry to their requirements, what they need. So, you know, dividing the pool, uh, the likely uh, budget up. Between several players, I think that's something we're seeing a lot in the C- in the in the league at, as of right now as well. In especially in the bottom teams, where they realize like having that one big star player on a fat salary is probably not going to lift you out of medi- mediocrity or the bottom uh, level. And then, mm-hmm. like, just have a well-rounded roster that you can at least luck out on a meta with, right? Um, for for Kuki. This is this is hard, man. Like, yeah. where where is he going from here, right? Like, the the last two seasons that he's had, or I mean, I, I got it, I got it. One and a half is hard, right? Mm-hmm. Washington, Washington, are doing a trade, Kuki for Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> Coach trades, Coach trade and tank trade. They're doing both. Just a package deal. I don't know. I'm um, not. I'm not mad at the the tank trade. I'll say that. I'm mad at that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Eric brought up Toronto. Toronto is still looking for it. KDG just goes straight to Toronto, right? Yeah, I mean, you could. Kuki right. goes to Toronto, and then KDG yeah. goes to New York. Suppose. <laughs> No, I, I don't know where Kuki goes from here because the problem yeah. is now he's associated with kind of two below average teams like Mayhem mm-hmm. 
had a good first stage last year and then ended up being pretty woeful. And yep. it's like Kuki gets another shot on a new team, brings over some familiar faces in Gangnam Jinanyaki. And I, hard to say if it's his fault again, but it's like, or if it hard to say if it was ever really his fault, but at some point it's just like, either he's super unlucky or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anymore. Because others think, are doing way more with less. Yes. Right? Yes. Especially I think that, when you look at where Mayhem are now compared to last year, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal. <laughs> Dude. I think there is a little bit of both for him, especially in this situation, because I can't, like, again, I'll still pedal this. There's no way that this was supposed to be, like, the end goal for the New York Excelsior for 2022, right? Like, having half a team. Yeah. Just th that something had to have gone wrong in the books in the front office that like Kuki was never really in a position to succeed. <laughs> Lock down some great, you know, free agents, but have he has, has a team to work with. If Crim Six was going to cost that much, they should make him also play on the Overwatch team as well. Just to balance might as it well. out. You know? you might as well. He can't so be that bad. If we're paying you big bags, you should be forced to play on two different teams on two different For games. Sure. That's do, the only way to justify that cost. Do you guys think, like, in my. In my view, I think it's it's very un uh, very fortunate for Christopher that we are not playing out of one facility because you can tell half the league's coaches would just shove him into the water cooler for making them all look like idiots while he's like on the <laughs> on the bottom tier budget team, but like outperforming all of them, and now everyone's questioning like, oh my god, up. what is going on? And then well, you right like you have two of those though. Yeah. You have two of those because Gumba's doing the Gumba's same thing. Gumba's doing something sure. similar, yeah. You're both Christopher and Govin, uh, Christopher and Gumba overperforming based on budgets. Yeah. Now, so every every higher budget team that's either getting similar results or worse results, like what the fuck are we doing? Mm -hmm. Yes. Now I will say one reason why this is maybe easier, and in in London's case, that's not really true because like the only. The only way they really made use of their advantage of being a, an English-speaking roster is when, when they had to sign the flex support substitution. Sure. And that was made easier through having English-speaking play, players. But, like, I think this is the first season where it is legitimately a disadvantage to be a North American team and uh, not have uh, a fully Korean roster, right? Like, beforehand, it was like... You know, like the optionality of everything. Like this is this is what what we always preached about. Like the hybrid rosters now come come through for real because you can get the best players in in the preseason, like a proper, mm -hmm. you know, like a Finn, like a Kido. But then you can yeah. also substitute. You can get the Kalush in. You can get the Mickey's in, right? And this is that's that's a big boon in that in in situations that are unprecedented, right? If you have that optionality, that just helps you, right? And yeah, I mean, Shall honestly, we? this is this is honestly maybe a direction that the Excelsior should be going into. Get Vulcan back. That's what you're saying? I heard you correctly. There, we're getting Vulcan back. In a weird back. way. Um, speaking <laughs> of teams, I don't know if we're ready to move on here. Uh, speaking of teams that have spent more and performed worse, the Vancouver Titans have signed King. So we actually did see that uh, that we talked about the whole Shockwave news last episode. Yeah. One of our last episodes. Um, 
We also talked but about now, King. Uh, I don't, did we talk about potential new pickups at, during that episode? Yeah. Did anybody bring up King? Yeah. Did anybody bring up... You did? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can't... I'm not going to bother verifying that because I'll just believe you. Yeah. <laughs> just watch um, that episode, guys. Like, you already know the plan. And I, I honestly didn't know. It was just so obvious. Yeah, it's one of those, like, big name tier 2 NA contenders players that, like is just the next in line to get called up and lo and behold homie gets called up like makes sense yeah yeah but would you is this an upgrade to shockwave that's because it does for some reason that that's where it depends it depends on how you look at the departure of shockwave and like i i think i know exactly where yiska's headed but i won't steal his i think i know where yiska's headed as well but it's just like it depends for me it depends on how you view shockwave like I would also agree coming into the preseason that I would have assumed based on his former performances going back to what I believe was 2020 um, that he was a lot more flexible than, you know, I think people in tier two probably would let on. Right. Um, I don't know if that's the case and I trust Depay enough to know whether or not that was the case. Right. I'm guessing there was extensive trials run um, and just wasn't comfortable enough on a wider you know range of heroes to warrant you know keeping them around when you look at somebody like king you you have a resume that is specifically tailored around one of titan's biggest weaknesses which has been since the start of the season flex dps right we can we can you know speculate and wonder and assume whether or not Shockwave could have made do. Uh, but as it stands now, King's coming in, and I think this is a lot more tailored approach where it didn't seem that Shockwave necessarily either had the guidance or didn't have enough time spent maybe mid-season to warrant a starting position at Flex DPS. That would be my take. Wait, what's he... Which- I, I don't know. I'm I'm crazy. I still think a shockwave is hit scan, but in either case, um, I mean, I think we all agree that they pro- he probably played. He did play a bit of both. I think we can all agree that Vancouver probably they didn't need a third player. Yes. Uh, I think we actually said last time that they needed a tank player more than mm-hmm. anybody else. Yes. So because yeah. Mirror was Mirror's definitely not going to be playing Doomfist in the next meta. That's for sure. Nope. So he's going to be a dedicated DPS player, and you probably yep. want a third DPS player, which they have now, but. I will say, if you if Junker Queen actually ends up being meta, I think this is one of Vera the could be kind of nuts. that that kind of helps you if you don't have a solid. Samira so and Dante are never getting off tank. Then it might, <laughs> it could be in a weird world. I think I think it's going to depend on the player, but I could see a world where somebody like Dante, somebody I hate to just I hate to use him as a catch all. But, you know, when you have a career like he has, you know, you look at, like, Profit, and it's just like, homie Zarius kind of cracked. He's played a lot of these heroes. Like, do we just put him ahead? I don't know. Smurf's also been fantastic, so I also trust him with the world, so you don't think you need to move I him, find, but it's I find that new tank, the new tanks that are released, and I kind of put Doom in that category as well, because he's been kind of a unique tank in the way that everyone's sure. had to relearn him, and mm-hmm. so multiple yeah. different players from different backgrounds are getting good at doom yeah 
from DPSs to off tanks and main tanks. Everyone's it's kind of like the catch all tank that everyone is somehow kind of good at because no one no one outside of like the actual DPS players have any major yeah. play time or experience advantage. But even and even if you do, because it's a new role, it's it's kind of different now. Um so I, my point is Jungle Queen to me is probably gonna be also in that category where it's like a fresh start. No one's had prior game time on this, so everyone playing Jungle Queen fresh is gonna have the same yeah. amount of you know ability to make that their hero. Yeah. So And I'm a I'm gonna keep it one hundred with you. Like if you tell me that everyone like okay. Let me phrase it the other way around. Teams like the Outlaws. Arguably, uh -huh. teams like Atlanta now that they don't care about uh, fielding Gator are absolutely propped up by how this meta has developed over the season on tank. Like the fact that you could play that much Doom while it wasn't the defining thing, but it was feasible. Okay. If you Same. if you had to hard force Ryan, you're getting farmed by a lot of teams now, right? Like, sure. If, if they're the outlaws, like you're not. What are you going to do if Ryan is hard meta, right? Or ball is hard meta or whatever, right? Like, what what is what, like there is there are more scenarios than not for your season to look way different if you're the outlaws. Mm -hmm. Or if you're the the rain, even though I will say for the rain, they probably would have made a different decision with Gata as well. Correct. Because yes. then yes. Gata would have probably played more also if you had more Winston. But then I would argue like Gator would get farmed on Winston way more than Hawk is getting farmed at the moment when he gets to play his comfort picks. Like Doom. Um so I feel like if we're talking about Okay, someone told me a very cool framing of how Overwatch League teams to, uh, work. I think Avril okay. will probably immediately realize where the framing comes from. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm allowed to share it, but I'll, I'll just get, get everyone an idea. It's my favorite preface. So yeah. the idea is that teams have tickets. Okay. And every team plays the lottery every season. Right, And each ticket okay. is like a comp that they can pull off. They don't need too much practice in order to get into the shake of things. Sometimes, they, just between maps, they will decide to cash in their ticket. And it's a lottery on who, which lottery ticket gets chosen by the meta situation. So, a team like Gladiators has more tickets than other teams. Okay. They just have more tickets in the lottery. They can play the Rhine comps. They can play the Goob comps. They can play the Sigma comps. You know, like all of those. And most of the time, if we're being honest, tickets are determined by uh, tanks very often. Mm -hmm. Even though in specific meta situations, they can also be determined by the backline if you don't have a double flex support and that's forced. Sure. Or sure. also by like not having a hitscan player or something if you don't have a Tracer Ace and you're. Maybe it's a bit, a bit reductive, but you get the idea of tickets, right? And every time, every stage, so to speak, or every balance patch, this ticket gets drawn. And if you don't have a ticket to show up, you are now much less likely to not just perform, but you're performing probably in the bottom 
percentile of what your team is capable of, right? Mm -hmm. So, and this is this is like good teams think about it this way, right? Like they can at at a moment's notice, a top team can absolutely, if they haven't for weeks scrimmed a specific comps that they have bought a ticket for in the preseason, let's say in practice or by the mm -hmm. makeup of their team, they can just bring that. So, for instance, let's say London, right? If London didn't play Reinhardt for six weeks and then mm -hmm. in the playoffs suddenly it makes sense for them to bring out Reinhardt on map three in in the bot like in the lower bracket finals or something, then they can absolutely do that and do that at very high proficiencies. Okay? Sure. This is how tickets work. Better teams have more tickets. Bro, I'm sitting here and I'm like just like looking at all the bingo cards of these teams and Outlaws is just like going bingo, 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 bingo. Bro, how are they hitting every single meta situation where they are not getting their pants pulled for having only an off-tank player? Because they, they're, they're shoving that Dante square peg into every yeah. round hole they can find. Yeah, and like teams like the Titans didn't find the solution of only having a... Right. You know, they they didn't have the guy that could pull off the Doomfist or didn't have the uh, foresight to to have someone from the DPS commit to Doomfist. That's also mm -hmm. like probably a coaching thing where the outlaws just like that that's where you have to give them credit, saying like, we need more tickets. One ticket is like if Sigma is a ticket, oh we're golden, bro. We got that piggy, right? We got the uh we need another ticket we give Dante the Doomfist, okay? That's at least two tickets they have. Sure. How many tickets did Titans have, bro? Like, one moldy one, at best. Right? Yeah. So Yeah, but they're not all equal. They're not all equal. Yeah. You know? Because uh, I want to I make something clear as all. Well. I'm not... I, when I talk about Dante in this context, it's actually a compliment in that Houston... Are yes. able to do what they do. Yes, mm -hmm. because this guy is like really good at one hero yeah. in this particular meta that has been pretty relevant in the meta as well. And it's a hero that, like, I, I guess if you're good enough, your team plays around it well enough that you can just kind of like make it work. So there is that. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. But yeah. But okay, and here in this case, Vancouver needs one, bro. They need one. And they do. If you just if you only can sign one additional player and shockwave, I think you can create yourself a ticket if you get lucky. Especially with mm -hmm. Junker Queen becoming meta. Maybe that's that's a foresight thing that maybe that shapes the opinion. Entire, but this entire discussion is like Eric, make a new timestamp for Yiska's ticket speech. Right. Uh, we uh, have we, <laughs> we have Kookie, King. Yes, good ticket speech. Ticket speech. Now, now we round out from. Are we still talking about King, or I think yeah, we are the, roughly? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the point is here: you you take the like your allowance money that you have. You go yeah. like, my shockwave is pretty expensive. Let's cut the shockwave in half. Get that. Get that. And then like we can maybe buy one ticket. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's basically the situation as I I see it with. Once again, having talked to zero people. It makes sense. I think like they're in a position, you know, playing within your paradigm. Uh, I, 
I think they could afford to a couple people and maybe that's a, you know, maybe they get the Junker Queen ticket early. I think if all that changed was they had both Mirror and D-Pay at the start of the season, the season would yes. already be different. Oh, totally. That's legitimately oh, yeah. what I think yep. would have happened already. They get yep. the Doom, like, yeah. You know, so they, they, they shouldn't have been that far off from being able to achieve, you know, I'm not saying the exact same results as Houston, but at least like on that same pathway, had they had yeah. Mirror and Deepay right from the get go. So I don't think, uh, yeah, this whole situation now is, is really interesting. I don't know King that well as a player, but um, yeah. I have no idea if he's actually what they need. Uh, I think we all agree that they probably need someone to be more covering the Ryan Winston side of the hero pool. Yeah. Unless Falls can somehow get that done by himself. Nah. But it's, uh, it seems like it's easier said than done because most, if it was that easy, like you, every team would just commit to one tank right now. Yeah. But I'm, um, yeah, it ain't that easy. Okay. Well, a bit of King discussion and a whole damn ass German speech later. <laughs> we arrive. At the end of, uh, I think that's all news. Or did we want to really, did we also want to touch up on, this is mid-season madness related. And actually we could probably talk about it after the mid-season madness stuff because it's all related. We're going to talk about the, there was a whole conversation around the viewership as well. But I think for now, let's get into mid-season madness proper. Mm. And uh, what was the our last episode? Where did we get up to in the games? It was... Day five, so it was before day five, correct? Yeah, I believe so. Yes. We didn't. It was just it was a preview into day five, so we had just finished talking about um twenty three. I'm just looking at all the dates currently. So we we did not get Shanghai Atlanta. We did not get Hangzhou Fusion or anything beyond that, correct? Yeah, pretty much just draw a line before the upper bracket wanted- semis, I believe, and then. Yeah, the rest of it. Should we just start from there? Should we just start from Shanghai, Atlanta, Hangzhou, Philly, the first Shaw Glads game and just kind of move forward throughout the bracket? So at this point, you know, I remember saying as on the last episode, this was the last, this was the last time I was going to give any rope to Shanghai and be like, okay, this is your shot now. Don't disappoint in the next game. Uh, And they, they didn't win. They did not win. They won one map. Yeah. To be fair, Colosseo was at least close, but no, this was not it. This was no. uh, this is the end of Shanghai's run. Atlanta get their they get their revenge, and really, part of me knew Atlanta was probably going to win this matchup because they'd already they'd already been on a roll through the lower bracket. I'm like, Dude, this is. Mm-hmm. Surely they don't stop. Surely this doesn't end un- unless maybe Spark put it into their run. But sure. then Spark didn't, didn't beat their game either, so there's that. Um, let's focus on Shanghai Atlanta first. Where do you guys stand there? I feel like this... I think a lot of people want this to be like a washed fucking L plus ratio, get new players type of problem for Shanghai. And I really think it's a lot more insidious, not in like some sort of like, oh, like there's drama within the team. No, 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 no. I, I do want to like reflect back on what Moon had said um, at the start of the midseason madness about how like they don't feel necessarily super comfortable. And it seemed like they had like a better read on things coming into like week three, week four when they put fade in. They got rid of Bebe. Like 
Lee Jae Gon's back in the fold and, you know, they're back on track. I don't know if it was just a lack of like prep with that specific lineup, but I, I do, I feel really confident in looking specifically at players like Fleta when you compare them to somebody like Venom. So again, somebody who is a tracer kind of like one trick specialist, but in that same way, not somebody who's an MVP count, you know, you know, style of talent. They're not anywhere near kind of award winning. And it was night and day in terms of like how they were able to perform. I really don't think Shanghai had like a strong grasp on the execution of the meta. I think they could identify it, but like they looked kind of lost. And I think that affected them like in an individual way. So I, I don't think that this is just like, oh, we need flood has got to go or, oh, we need void to play. No, no, no. Like this is like something a little bit harder to fix. And that's where it's like, yeah. This to me is not a roster change issue. I don't no, think we I don't think we look at this team about man, their players are so bad. That would be extremely revisionist considering this is the same team that won the championship last year. Now we could say that maybe the players are not as good as last year. We could say that maybe maybe Overwatch 2 sure. is just too different for them. Even though I think that's a cop out. I don't think that's bit. right either. Yeah. Um I, I don't think it's a play issue because we've all seen everybody in this team play to exceptionally high level. I'm not talking about the new guys. Uh, you know, I also don't consider like Bebe to be one of the core members no. in terms of the starting lineup. So it's like it's hard to just like you know, you'd be mad scapegoating and be like, oh, it's definitely Bebe's fault. It's like, but that wouldn't be right either because he only came in for specific maps, and it's not like Shanghai were winning up until those maps, right? Uh, let's go over what Moon said. This is through Google Translate, so who the hell knows how accurate it is? But we'll just go with it. All the tournament teams worked hard. Shanghai Dragons, I want to say thank you and apologize to the fans who have been supporting us since the morning. I'd like to tell you. It's hard to tell you the exact internal situation, but I don't think we're a strong team anymore. Not doing the basics and playing drunk last year. I don't know what that last part means. That's maybe a Koreanism. Uh, Follow-up reply tweet to that, or just part two. We will reflect deeply on judging various difficult situations as self-justification. Humbly accept our team's current situation and build up again to show the side of a strong team in the playoffs. Once again, you've been cheering for us since the morning. I'm sorry to show you this result. We'll prepare well. This was following the loss to Atlanta. Yeah, so, I, think, I think the one uh, Koreanism is belief. Uh, I saw some translation as was something like drunk on our last year's success. So like basically saying like they, they seem sated and not hungry anymore. Mm. Right. They didn't have the same yeah, drive hunger to to sort of yeah i see i see what you mean it's kind of like the curse of being the champions in some cases yeah. where like you know yeah. you're taking the win for granted slightly mm-hmm. so i kind of feel like kickoff clash should have been the wake-up call yeah but then again you could if you were if you wanted to be really cope about it if you're shanghai you'd be like yeah but we did lose to the champions we lost to Seoul and Seoul are pretty sure, good and it, it was a, a close bit. and it was a close loss we could have probably beaten Seoul mm-hmm. we're not doing that badly right so that would have been the cope response but now it's like okay well shit there really isn't much to say anymore you are uh, double elam tournament where you and to be fair they also did lose to philly last time but um yeah. now it's like you got knocked out by atlanta a team that you dominated last year uh you got frankly embarrassed by the shock yeah. straight up like even if you were going to lose the shock, let's let's even just say, yep, shock of the better team. Even yeah. that being the case, Shanghai should have been more competitive. Mm-hmm. Even if you lose zero and three, you should have been more competitive. Yep. Um, I don't know. It's like 
it's crazy that we look at the Glad Spark game and we're like, man, one of the best games ever. Like, what an insane series in this upper bracket semifinals. Mm. And then the game that you thought was actually going to be good, Shock Dragons, ended up being a complete flop. It's like, what? And it was a complete flop because Dragons <laughs> just weren't there. Yeah, the they just weren't there. No. They literally and, were not there. And um, I don't think the Dragons that were there in the rain game were that much better than the Dragons the Shock game, if anything. No. That just shows how much better Shock are than Atlanta in some cases, if you want to, if you want to do the transit of property there. Sure. But to me, Shanghai weren't really much of a better team in the rain game the shot game they're, they're just you know rain's probably just a slightly easier opponent in the way that allows dragons to take a map mm-hmm. um and that this conversation maybe feels a little bit unfair to the rain but from my perspective on the ITS, i feel like dragons were about it was the same dragons for what i could tell so yeah i mean credit to atlanta rain but um at that point i think i think you know, there's a little bit of hope for dragons, but you also knew that was like, you know, mm-hmm. after losing the shock and the way they did, it's like, okay, th- this is not their tournament anymore. They're done. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not looking good. And again, like, I, I know you talked about like credit to the rain, but it's just like, <sighs> at some point, we're going to have to like really sit down, have like a good hard look at where we think Atlanta rain sits in like the, 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 the power rankings discussion about who we think this team is. But because when you look at Kai, you look at venom who is again, consistently being a extremely big factor in a lot of these games, tracer's not going anywhere. She's just not. I, I don't know how long this game's been out, and Tracer's just constantly found so a way to beat. you say that, because in the current contenders meta, Tracer's not there. Tra- sure, Tracer is But aside there. from that, you're right. But, like, yes, there are pockets of the time of, like, competitive Overwatch where, like, Tracer isn't there, but more often than not, she is. So, like, somebody like a Venom is still going to matter throughout this season, right? And he has this season. You look at somebody like Kai, look at Nero, you look at Hawk, kind of being able to come into his own, playing all these different kinds of heroes. I don't think we need to really talk about that backline, but this is a team who is constantly kind of just slept on. And it's it's very clear as we kind of cross the halfway point that some of the better teams in the world that we looked at last year just aren't up to stuff anymore. So it's like, is it crazy that we had Atlanta as high as we did coming into the preseason? I don't think so. Not anymore. How about... I think they- I think they have some like odd matches here and there, but you look at these playoff runs. Where do we have them in the preseason? I I feel like I had them in my top five. I think you had them in the top top five, five. and I feel like Yiska and I had them in our top four or three. Because I think you had Houston above them for like a hot second. Did I? I legitimately can't remember. There, I I think there was like one. Yes, I know Atlanta was like very high for all of us. I don't know, man. Like I, I think Atlanta is still the most community underrated team yes. they will uh, even after this by the way even after top four finish here yeah so top four top three top three finish here top three they will still go into the next tournament and people will count them out <laughs> oh yeah and people will never learn that atlanta rain will just keep on beating teams that people don't think they should be able to beat and again mm-hmm. I, i'm not trying to be revisionist about this either even though i did think like like maybe shanghai could have probably still won that game um from a cope perspective of like Sure. Oh, they just got to They just got to go back to old Shanghai. I think I knew after after you see the shock game, you got to know that Shanghai just not. They're not yeah, at this tournament. That's a throttling. Maybe even not at this year. We'll we'll find. There's still half the season left, so you don't want to don't want to be too doomer about it. Um, 
but Atlanta were on a roll. Yes. Uh, how about this take though? I wanted to discover this uh, since we're on the Atlanta topic. We'll move. We'll move on from Atlanta after. Sure, this. sure, sure. Brad had a tweet very recently. Says Hawk still getting slept on pretty hard. Possibly the best tank of the world right now. Thoughts? Nah. Uh, no. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm Brad, is I'm Brad happy. gapping or? I'm happy to like say he's underrated. Yes. Would agree there. I think it's probably fourth in my book. Fourth, fifth. Fifth even. There's four tanks better than him. So, so that would so it's it's Rhina, Smurf, someone. Yeah. Sure. Well that one you're gonna get in trouble for. I but know, I, but I don't care. I'll, I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it, but that that's the one that people come after you for anyway. Yeah. Continue. Who else? Well, who else? You got Hardy, I, yeah, Muse, you know, I want to uh, say those. Yeah, Berna, Kushwe, Dante, Piggy. Um, yeah, no. Maybe, maybe it's yeah, four. Uh, you have Don, maybe it's four. Khan, and I would even uh, say... Molfig, even. I put Molfig above him. Um, how about OG and uh, Fraggy? And I'm putting Ryu J Hong on Winston above Hog. Um, and Taimu on Hog above him as well. Yes. Put all those guys exactly. above him. Yep. Has Hardy had worse performances than Hawk? Has he had worse performances? Is hard Hardy to, worse hard than Hawk? That's hard to say. It's so hard to judge these individual performances. Because when you play Ryan, Ryan yes. is a very such a team-focused character that if you don't have Admiral up your asshole just healing the fuck out of you, like you'd look like you feed. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like Ryan is such a hard hero to be like. Yeah, you know, is this guy carrying on Ryan? It's just like you know, if Hardy does what he does and the whole team isn't backing him, yeah. then he turns into the version of Bumper that looks like a hard feeder, like yeah. a turbo inter. The the line between yeah. Bumper can't he can't stop getting away with it, and oh my god, report this guy for inting my game is a very fucking slim margin. I mm -hmm. I think that would be true if I believe that Admiral is anywhere near close to uh, the backline <laughs> of. Twilight. No, the bad line of uh, the rain. Sure. Like, Hawk is playing with better backup. No? Agreed. But he's not I, a Ryan player. So. so it depends. So then, so then we sure. have to talk about the other heroes. But then, like, we can't really compare Winston's because Hawk is also not a Winston player. These are two heroes that he's still learning. Yeah. You can't compare Doom because I don't think I've seen Hardy Doom. I mean, um, the, the thing is, we haven't seen Hardy he, on the off tanks either because poker comes in to play those. Here's what's what's true. Hardy's tickets have been drawn more often this season than Hawks tickets. Okay, I feel like that's a take. I feel like London are jamming their ticket into the ticket box, and Atlanta, I think, farming, misplayed their tickets. Farming Atlanta. I think okay. So, Let's stop so speaking. It stops to be quiet. analogies. Just sure. just say what we actually mean. Say I think what you're actually trying to say. I think London are juicing the hell out of this rush comp to like astronomical degrees. I think it's I think it's like usable, but I again I don't think oh, that just like everybody can just you know. I think they're I just jamming it. You, in, you, you know what I mean? I got you. Mean. No, so what London are doing is Christopher. Ryan. It's also about Winston. Christopher. Christopher is showing sure. up at the train station. And he go, goes up to the guy taking the ticket, and he's like, "All right, uh, I'm getting coming on." The guy's like, "I'm sorry, you have the wrong ticket, sir. This is uh, this is going the other way." He's like, "No, you're going where I want you to go." And then he fucking 
he, he punches the ticket guy in the face and just walks on the train. That's Christopher with his Reinhardt. Pretty much. Like, <laughs> just, just forcing like, them to take their ticket. <laughs> slowly, the guy's like, no, I'm sorry, you can't get on the train. And and there's Christopher just like putting a ticket in this guy's mouth and just like pushing it farther in and then just walking on the swallow that shit. Yeah, very much like a <laughs> sleep now dream, you know, whatever the hell that monkey meme was from like 2008. Anywho, um, yeah, I... <sighs> It's tough to compare, but I do think that like the flexibility aspect is probably going to pay off dividends across the season as a whole, because I don't know that London are going to continue to be able to find the success that they did this stage by just jamming their style in every single scenario. I think it's going to be successful. I, I just don't think it's going to be as high as it was today. I th- let's move this back to the rain now because uh, London are out of the tournament. At this point, yeah. So I rain, but just a much further in the bracket. <laughs> um, I see what I see what Brad's getting at, and I mm-hmm. like Yusuke. Yeah. I agree that he is heavily underrated, heavily slept on. Agreed. Um, if they are able to, I guess, get to the end of I want to use the word experiment, but I feel like that's got a negative connotation now. Like it's not a good thing. But I, we want to get to the end of the Hawk only tank experiment. And see if the Ryan and the Winston, the rest of the main tanks, can come up to scratch. Mm-hmm. And then Hawk will be really good. Can, because yeah. that's probably the one part missing from his tool belt. Can, can I just insert a, deca, a dagger into both of your chest cavities with just one observation? Go for it, Chief. In our, Regrim. In our list of the best main tanks, none of us hey. even thought a second about Hanbin. Or fearless. Well, yeah, they've been pretty when underperforming. Oh, look, if it's a Zarya meta, yeah, sure. But but that's the issue, right? Like they don't, they're not performing particularly well. Or so, like you can't put them up there. Fearless is fine. I think fearless is okay. I don't know. I think the team makes. I'm blaming Rush on this one. I don't, this is not meant to be a Dallas Field discussion, but <laughs> I, I look at Rush in terms of how he's identifying and trying to solve the meta. And ham fisting in Lucio Morim and just being like fearless, dive in and do everything. It just yeah. doesn't work in 2022. Um, I don't know. So, don't know what's going to go on there. I think for Atlanta's um, sake. I, I, I really would have I, I'd love to rewind the season and see Hawk in the position that he is now where there's more flexibility and not just, oh, cool. Doomfist works. We'll just play Doomfist and we won't worry about like the future. I, I would have much rather all see the them Doomfist try to play the trouble. Field. All yes. the Doomfist teams are in big trouble now. I don't think Atlanta is super in trouble, but. I think Atlanta's like got well, far are they enough going ahead to be are they what it well, I, like depending on what uh, everyone's going to play, if it's going to continue sure. to be Jungle Queen, which is what the trajectory looks like, then Hawk's Jungle Queen needs to be really I trust that it, it can be. I trust it, yeah. Look, I trust that. This is why it feels terrible to speak against Brad here, because I just know and feel viscerally that this kid has been underrated for like damn near two Agreed. years now. Yes. Right? Yes. It's just like... The whole team. It's not just him. It's the whole Atlanta Reign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even with Pelican and Eris and Masa and how good they were at the brawl, no one, people still mega underrated this team. It doesn't, even though they went to three Hawaii's, yeah. Yep. Not, 
this is it's the NFT crypto team and yeah, they yeah. cry about things and they, yeah. they keep they keep complaining. They, uh, they complain about things people, everyone complains about and like they complain about <laughs> they complain about the things that other people then complain about but then don't get the same amount of shit for. Mm. And they also complain about things that are pretty justified that then get then kind of get fixed like what we got this year in terms of some of the format changes. Yeah. Um yeah. So they're both justified. And also, other people will also complain about them, but no one will. Everyone will just everyone will just dogpile the rain for doing it instead. Um, in any case, yeah. Let me try so, to level with Brad here. I don't know that he's. I don't think we can consider him the best tank in the world, but I think, and this is the question to you guys: Is he a lock for Rollstar? At this point, see that's a pro see, that's a problem because how many how many Rollstars do you have? saying if yes, let's say let's pretend there's four. And yeah, just saying there's Yiska saying Hawk is only number five, that means he's out of Rollstar. Because yeah, the other four tanks are gonna get it, right? That's where I would disagree. I think he's a lock for Rollstar at this point. I don't you think, think like, so who is of the I would say. Yeah, okay. Then you gotta exclude one. I don't have to exclude anybody. I think the top four is is yeah, pretty okay, clearly let's, let's Reiner, Smurf, yeah, Hawk. And then it's and Dante. No, not Dante. <laughs> Maybe oh, this one's tough. Someone or Hardy is your choice, right? Sure, I'll take someone. I'm I'm okay with someone. I think I'm like again, someone anymore. That's fair. Like you I'm can cast gonna... your votes, but th that would be my top know. four I, right now. It's not meant to be a mayhem conversation, but you know what? He's got a, he's got another half season to figure it out. I don't know. I sure. I feel like I feel like I. Exp me is it my expectation that's out of whack? No, I don't think I expected an insane performance out of someone. I just feel like mm -hmm. Mayhem as a whole. Um, like, someone's flexible. He plays all the tanks, but there was nothing that I saw there that was mind-blowing. They're like, oh man, he's just so much better than X or Y or Z sure. other top four tank player. Uh, so, yeah, it's not meant to be Mayhem discussion, though. Okay, so let's go on to the next game, which is uh, a little bit of APAC friendly fire happening here with Hangzhou Spark and Fusion. Now, Fusion made themselves a pretty miraculous run. I mm -hmm. would say that both Fusion and Rain made very similar runs. The only difference is obviously Rain then beat the Fusion, but then lost the Gladys. So Rain made it one step further. But I would say that the Philly Fusion actually made a pretty damn good run themselves in the lower bracket, even though oh, no one sure. will admit it. No one will admit it because. Like, it already doesn't sound right. Like, if you say, oh, man, both Rain and Philly had the insane runs, you're like, no, just just Atlanta. What do you mean, Philly? And you have to, like, re-look at the bracket and be like, oh, wait, no, Philly did make a pretty good run. Because they also did beat most of the teams in the lower bracket except for the Rain. Um, yep. Yeah, I think um, Philly will obviously super overlook this tournament, and probably for correct reasons, because of all their COVID-related issues, because they'd have been a pretty up-and-down team. I think we were all very aware of their strengths in terms of how well they, where their peaks were, mm -hmm. but they were not a very consistent team at hitting those peaks, and especially in big tournament situations like Kickoff Clash as well, that 0-4 that finish in the finals put a bit of a sour taste in the mouth of, of most fans, even though they did beat Shanghai. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they dropped down to... Spark very early on, who we discovered was actually probably the best APAC team. Uh, but then they ended up beating Spark. So in the rematch, they beat the Spark. Now, in the context, on the context of APAC only games, 
having seen Spark and Fusion battle it out over the course of the season, this is like very similar to the kickoff clash situation again, where I don't know if you remember this, but in the qualify into the kickoff clash, Spark beat Fusion. I can't remember if it was super convincing or not, but convincing enough that Spark then chose Fusion as their first round opponents, forcing the Soul Shanghai matchup. And Spark wanted the 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 rematch, the the run back to, to just beat Fusion again. And then they lost the fusion, then Spark lost the soul, and they just got kicked out of kickoff clash. So mm-hmm. in, in a way, it's very reminiscent of that time period of, of Watch League this, this season where Spark beat Fusion and then lose to them afterwards. In the rematch. Yeah, it's I think what's what we have to kind of learn to love about APAC is that there is just a ton of parody where it, it really comes down to form. There is not like a clear hierarchy. And I still think that's probably the case even now, right? Like we look at Soul coming into this, and again, this isn't oh, meant to be a Soul discussion. Especially now because Soul yeah. ended up dropping big. So now Soul's, we literally don't know anymore. We, Soul's out, confused. Shanghai's out. Spark look great as candidates. Philly look phenomenal, but they're again, they're Philly. We don't know what they'll look like in the next hour or two. Like we talk about tickets, literally. like literally, we don't, in the yeah, like, and that's where it's like, yes, we can in one hand say that Philly is incredibly inconsistent and are the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of the season. Like they are the Philly award winners of the 2022 season. Like the Philadelphia Fusion have won the Philly award, but. You can also celebrate how successful they were and how cracked M and three and Zest looked and how great Bellas Rhea looked and how phenomenal that they played all while being sick. Like both things can be true at the same time. Like this is just them hitting their tickets. And you you have to give them credit here. They this was a great performance for them. And I think that Spark Philly set in the lower bracket finals was a fantastic match. That was that was one of the best matches. Maybe not ahead of Glad's and maybe yeah, not ahead of the finals, but it was great. It was fantastic. I felt like the new Queen Street was a bit of a joke because we had a literal game changing bug and people like so well, people would say like, oh, the grab wouldn't have made a difference. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of besides the point. It's yeah. like Well, it is it is and it isn't beside the point. I, I we have to go back at the game and see if it would have made a difference because he probably would have caught somebody. The guys the man Bernard's yeah. like yeeting a grab into the void for no reason. He's not just trying to delete his ultimate for no reason, guys. Yeah. Come on, it's not like let's not be too revisionist about it. Um, and then there was that rando sleep dart from Fixer onto Shy that changed everything. I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. god, what's it even going for Shy? Because just like he was trying to sleep Bernard, and Shy just happened to appear in front of him and Mr. President the sleep dart, which is the craziest <sighs> thing I've ever seen. That is legitimately one of the wildest things I've ever seen played in a high stakes game. Part of me, this is really this is really unfair to Fusion, but part of me doesn't think Fusion should have won, won that game. Because Spark, in my opinion, were the better team this tournament. Sure. Yeah. They were the better Great. team coming into the match. Um, they got super unlucky in one of the maps, to which people say, well, they should just should have just won one of the other maps. Fair enough, can't argue against that. Um But then the other the other part of is when I look at the Atlanta Fusion game, which we'll also talk about, where Fusion, the, the fusion that played Spark and the fusion that played Rain is like two completely different teams. Yeah. yeah. That's the part that pisses me off. It's like if you're going to beat the Spark, you better keep go going. The fucking way. Like you, yeah. you better be an insane team because you, you just knocked out at that point, not the 
literal number one seed in APEC, but like now the spiritual number one seed yeah. in APEC being the on paper strongest team nearly beat the Gladiators, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a multiverse where the Gladiators actually drop down, Spark go to the upper bracket final, and then yep. get top three. There's a real multiverse in that because the Spark Gladiators game was literally close enough for that to happen. Um, it was an incredibly tight game. So if you're going to beat the Spark, then you better be you better continue to be good. I I I don't hate that Fusion lose to Rain, but if you're going to lose to the Rain, you better lose looking damn good. You got to yeah, be like, phenomenal. Because the problem now is all the all the extremely uneducated people will look at that game <laughs> and just be like, oh yeah, must Apex be APEC. So- must be APEC being extremely shit because uh, well, yeah, Fusion yeah. just lost one to three to Rain. Well, you need to rewatch the every other Fusion game, the Fusion versus Spark game, and the Fusion Rain game. And here's a piece of empirical evidence that you you can't even argue against is the the complete mishandling of the substitutions that ended up in this game. Like you didn't even get Fury playing on his map. Now there was a rumor about the coaching staff about Jin. They actually straight up fumbled the substitutions and like input the oh, wrong really? players or whatever. Oh, no, there's no. a real, I, I don't have any, there's no proof behind sure, that. Sure, 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 sure. So there's like, I, I guess you can't like, I don't know, you can't specifically, you can't specifically like, you know, I don't know. The, there's not going to be like a, there's not going to be like some judicial, you know, ruling with the gavel slamming down on that one, but it's like, sure. they. so there's two outcomes. There's either one, Jen and the fusion coaching staff fumble their substitutions or B they fucking did it on purpose. And, and I don't know which one's better. I think they're both fucking awful. Do you know what I mean? Like sure. you've either, you've either fumbled the, the substitutions or you fucked it on purpose and they are both equally awful. They are both equally fucking stupid. Right. Sure. Yeah. Cause you can't tell me. And there's, there's the people that are like, Oh, you know, like, Maybe Fury just didn't feel good, or maybe Fury got COVID in two hours. Um, no, I don't buy that. Yeah, I mean, if we don't know that he like, if we don't know which players had COVID, and to be fair, it's none of the public's business. But yeah, if that's the case, and they just like mid-match decided that this was the right course of action, then yeah, that seems a little cooked, but. It's also Philly. I, I half wonder if Spark advances, um, if they don't take Atlanta a little bit closer, just because they're not Philly. Like, God bless them. And again, the I think so, too. It's not even just because it's oh, they're not Philly. It's because Philly played so much worse in the rain game than the Spark game. Yeah. They just bowed out. Like They just checked the fuck out of that game. They walked in and just checked out. I don't know yep. what it was, man. Like That was an embarrassing series from Fusion. A little bit. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's like when you, it's like when the team that, it's almost like the situation where, you know, maybe, um, here we go. Here's another very unfair comparison. I'm all about these unfair comparisons today. It's probably <laughs> how the London fans feel in a way where I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm a particular fan of any team because I'm not. I don't, really don't give a fuck. Um, unless they have Australians. Um, <laughs> unless they send me merch or any other free things, then I, then I do care. We are easily so, bought, yeah. Again, I'm, I'm very easily bought. So, or they're from Apex. Um, Gladiators, the Gladiators gear is on the way. Just by the way, um, <laughs> it's how the London fans feel. Where like they probably feel like they should have beaten Mayhem, and if they did, they would have had a better chance versus Fusion, right? And I think it's like that sort of similar sure, argument. Yeah. It's like it's like man, like 
it's really unlucky or like weird or like just unfortunate that you know mayhem mayhem would only mayhem would beat the spitfire but then only to lose the fusion kind of deal that repeated in the the whole fusion versus atlanta kind of thing because you probably did feel like london with a better team compared to mayhem probably did feel like spark with a better team compared to fusion the opposite team won only to then just get cooked by the opposition to be fair to florida at least in their fusion game it was a really tight series that actually ended in the final that actually ended with one of the biggest pop-offs that we've seen again from mn3 so maybe florida actually could have won that whereas that's why that's why i don't blame mayhem as much because i i, I look at that game like mayhem played out of their minds they they really did all they could right whereas i look at the fusion lantern rain game i'm like so you're gonna beat spark and this is the performance you're gonna put up against the we, rain. Okay, yeah we know you, you can play better thank you so much <clears throat> yeah it's I hate to to use the momentum or fatigue argument, but it really looked like they were gassed after that spark game. Like like you said, they did not show up. MN3 wasn't there. Zest really wasn't there. It was kind of all it's over like, the place. It's like they thought it was a seeding game. It's like one of those situations where you've qualified yeah. and you're like, the next, ah, oh, it's just a seeding game. Don't care. That's what it looked like. Yeah. I don't know. And, and that's where, again, it's just like, you can, again, we can credit Philly and be like, dang, like you probably shouldn't have gone this far and like props to you. And we're going to have to like really revisit APAC in terms of like a, a round table who goes where type of power ranking. But at some point, like you're going to need some consistency. And like, I, I again, I have to wonder if Spark is that consistent threat, but just weren't there on the day, you know. What what's there really to say? I don't know. Really fusion just, have fusion have a really sometimes. interesting situation where like they <laughs> will fusion are like the Charizard of the Overwatch League. When they're good and they listen to you, they fucking pound. Sure, but then but then they just like fall asleep and just don't give a fuck. Yeah, and I'm not talking about this tournament. I understand this tournament had other issues with like COVID and stuff. Of course, I'm yeah. just talking about the entirety of the Philly Fusion this entire year. Yes. And maybe you could even extend that comparison to the entire franchise history over five years. But more, I'm just going to stick to this year for now. Where at, it, yeah. at their very best, they, even going back to kickoff flash, they beat Shanghai 3-0. They repeatedly sure. beat Shanghai 3-0, who take in super close games to Seoul. And Seoul barely makes it past Shanghai, like fucking limping. And then mm-hmm. you get to the finals, and Fusion are just asleep. Yep. And it's like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. So I, I feel it's like, it's like you got denied of a good grand finals. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like it's like it's it's like how everyone says Shanghai Seoul should have been the grand finals. It's like, yeah, because no one knows what the hell happened to Fusion. Yep. It's like you know, they listen to Ash for one Pokemon fight, and then you get to the one that matters, and the Charizard's just fucking sleeping. Mm-hmm. Hello. This has been fusion the whole fucking year. Yeah, no, that's a good way to to package it because they are just so frustrating because you know that they can do so much, especially from this tournament and like the, the the match versus soul, like you mentioned. Like this is a team with incredible potential, and one if they fix whatever issue is ailing them, whether it's not enough badges or literally just COVID, maybe this time around uh probably could be in discussion for, for like a grand final appearance again and again for for the for the fans that are hard of hearing that don't understand what i'm trying to say i'm not saying fusion should have beaten the rain no. i'm saying they play significantly worse versus the rain than they did the spark and right. you can literally go back in those games and check you yeah. can literally and and yeah. the the entirely the 
undeniable fact of the matter is even if even if you fail to understand how Overwatch works and you don't know what it is to like dissect the game, here's the one irrefutable thing that did happen is Fusion fucked up their substitutions versus the rain. That's irrefutable. So even even if you fail to understand Overwatch, that you can't argue against. You cannot. Mm. So yeah, that's just like I don't know. That's the disappointing thing. I, I, if Fusion were going to go out to rain, it, I, I wished it was like more of a Florida Fusion kind of matchup where Mayhem beat the Spitfire, but then then you know they gave it their all, and it was like it was a close game, and maybe Mayhem could have won, but Fusion were just better on the day. Um, here it was literally the same day. Fusion were both equally in equal parts better on the day, and then somehow fucking worse in the same day, the exact same day, hours yeah. apart. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't They're understand this team. team. Yeah. This team's know. a unicorn, I swear to God. <laughs> and it's a weird one because like when I talk to MN3, I think that like they seem to have located the issue as in like their backline survivability, which is of course not mm -hmm. just down to the backline. Um it could also be down to like, you know. Maybe you need to route your DPS different ways or your like sure. your engagements are too slow or whatever it might be, right? But it's like to a degree, and of course, like nobody ever would have this point seriously, but it's it's it is a little bit frustrating to follow this team because they feel like entertainment thieves in some of those situations, right? Because it's like they can clap your tournament favorite and then in the next game which should be just like by the level you've shown before should just be easy going now you're some suddenly in the lower brackets or something right like and that's very frustrating about them um and they gotta find some consistency and i'm not sure if it's about <sighs> If it's about confidence, like what if you land those first nine, ten shots and suddenly like you feel like you're on top of your game and now you can dominate? I'd like, but if it was that, then they wouldn't be able to win uh, map fives, right? Like, it's, I, I appreciate it's a very hard issue to solve, right? Like for, for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, also, once again, like th this, this is, this tournament is, of course, Asterix. Due to their COVID uh, situation, I think five people on that team had COVID. Right, like that's mm. that's a substantial yeah. amount of people. So yeah, um, I, whatever happened here is like, but you don't. In order to make that argument, you don't even have to use midseason madness at all. You just look at their performances from previous uh, regular season matches or the uh, May Melly and. You're already there. You have everything that you need in order to be upset, right? Like, yeah. Keep yeah even if you so. ignore this, the the thing is, this these results are a reflection of all the other results that Philly have had this year. So it's not even like specifically in a vacuum, just midseason madness. It's just a continuation, COVID or no COVID, of the entire year so far, where you can look like the best team in the world, just demolishing everybody, just like being so insane. You beat Seoul, you beat Shanghai, you're beating all these teams, but in, in equal measure, you just lose to Chengdu and Valiant and get reverse swept by the Valiant. That's the same team. The same team that will look phenomenal will then just get reverse swept by the Valiant. This is the, this is. Yep. And no for no, no the, the Philadelphia Fusion. 
Hmm? Zero discernible for, reason. For no discernible reason. Not like you you mentioned, like being, you know, in a bad compositional matchup or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just like either they're on or they're off. Yep. It's like they, they will beat the Hangzhou Spark, who during especially when they play up against so here's here's how the Hangzhou Spark go. They already beat the fusion. They three other Soul Dynasty. They go two three versus the LA Gladiators, where they were at, they were actually yes. two one against them during the series and had the match point, but then lost. And you know it was a very back and forth, super close series, high skill across the board. Mm-hmm. Hangzhou looked like one of the best teams in the world. I think they legitimately were mm-hmm. a team that was maybe either deserving of a top four, maybe even a top three finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and had they beaten the Gladiators, they would have been guaranteed a top three finish. So we can say that this this is a team that had the capability of being top three, losing to. The fusion, who who then just do the flip flop and then get owned by the rain, yeah. you know that's it's it's just like it would be it would be as equally as disappointing if, for example, you know I go back to the London's like imagine imagine the London uh, situation again, Florida beat them three two, sure. but then instead of Florida going a close two three versus fusion, they just shop get o three look like they're not even playing the game, yeah. um. Um, who's a key player on this team? Um, Checkmate just gets subbed out, and it's Hydron and XE the whole time. You're like, where's Checkmate, guys? Just doesn't play again. Um, and they lose 03, and they just don't even look close. That that's the fusion experience about of beating Spark and the losing terrain, mm-hmm. right? And you're just like, you're just you just get this whiplash, like, what the fuck just happened? Except except it happens in the course of one day. They beat London and then lose the fusion in the, in the on the same day. Mm-hmm. And for no discernible reason, they just look a hundred percent worse immediately in the next game they play, and it's happening in the same day for no discernible reason. They're That's the frustration. Team. That's the yeah. frustration. So I don't want to be too unfair because I, you know, the the better team. <laughs> if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. Right? For I sure. do. I do subscribe by that. But I feel like you know, it's just um, the way they won against Spark as well. Like that again. That new Queen Street just doesn't sit well with me. Mm. It, it just will not because I feel like they got lucky. I feel like an in-game bug plus a magical sleep dart that wasn't even intended for the player that it hit just completely changed the series. <laughs> for sure. Um, and in some cases, you know, you can look at the sleep dart and be like, "Well, that's XCOM, baby." Um, but the, the grab <laughs> into the head, just like that can't be fair. Yeah. You know? no. Um, and not big. And even if all that happens and Fusion win, uh, you know, just give me a close map. Uh, give me a close loss versus the rain, something to work with here. Yeah. Um, but credit to the rain, they they fully went through the lower bracket. Uh, finally lost to a team that you probably thought they would lose to anyway. Like I don't think it's yeah. a big surprise that Gladiators did beat them, although it was at least that one Kings Row. Uh, let's talk about the Glad's rain. It was at least that Kings Row win. Um, actually no, it's probably better to talk about Glad's shock first because that was. Yeah. Earlier chronologically. So talk about Glad Shock, actually. Close 3-2. Very, very close 3-2. And you know, it that Coliseo is it's both that Coliseo and also the one versus Spark, where you just see oh sorry, that Coliseo and also the one versus the Atlanta Rain, where you just see the quality of how good they can be on this map where they can just come back from ridiculous margins. Now, the people that don't understand push will look at this game and be like, look, you can come back and push. It's like, you can't use one example 
or even just like two examples out of like God knows how many push games we've played now and be like, yeah, that's standard. You have to understand this is still an exception to the rule. This is a very unique thing that gladiators do that other teams can't do. Arguably Somehow they, they came... Hmm? Arguably throw a shock as well. It, it does require the team losing that situation to evaluate what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Uh, so that you do have to consider those. But yeah, like a... Like a I, I, what, what meterage they start on? I think Shock got 100 pretty early, didn't they? It seemed like Shock got a very early lead, like an extremely early lead, and Glads had to work for that comeback like you wouldn't believe. They had to, they had to like play out of their minds to make that comeback. Oh. Right? I think that's that yeah. how that okay. happened. And the, the main reason is just like, you're favored in Overwatch in certain fights just by the nature of how the ebb and flow of uh, Ultimates work. Right? And the better oh, yeah. shock, shock did get 106. They got 106, 81 right at the start. Within it, what was the comparison? Four minutes. Sorry, 106 Sorry. and 106 meters and against Glad's 106 meters and 8.81 against Glad's in the first three and a half minutes of Colosseum. Okay, and uh, Glad's was zero. Glad's was eight meters. Eight meters. Just eight. Okay. Yeah, like it just so 92, imagine, 98 meters behind. Like you, you got to count, but that must have taken like three or four fights, right, to to get back to that position. In Overwatch, to string together three or four fights, even if you're the best team in the world, and then also fights into unfavorable positions, is not something yep. that you should uh, be allowed to do. No, not at uh, all. Literally, only the best team in the world, which is currently Glads, can yes. do. Yeah, and. Even then, I would say the second best team in the world, which might be Shock, shouldn't allow. No. Ideally. Right. Because I, once I, you get a 100 meter lead like that... Yeah, that's, that should be I a wrap. Mean, you, have, yeah. you have the entire rest of the map mm -hmm. to just defend that meter ridge. Defend. And it's always favorable to be the defending team. Yeah. And you will have respawn advantage for literally the rest of the map. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because guys have to push into your respawns and you don't have to push in theirs. Yeah. Because one you thing you, you you choose the code of engagement, you yep. you might you will eventually have an old advantage, therefore push, pushing it back because you're winning your power play, so to speak, or you're supposed to win your power play. I don't know, like they have just also by the map architecture that you can exploit, like you can take uh, fights yeah. from high ground. We saw that mm -hmm. shit f when uh, Violet abused the shit out of it uh, against mm. London, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Like, shenanigans yeah. like this can go on. There's no reason why you can come back 100 meters differences. It's, it's you just have a misplay. To, you have to misplay, like you said, like, By the way, tremendously. Lance didn't win every single fight. I mean, there are fights that shock win the right. middle of that, but because shock were slowly getting meter rich each time, and by the way, mm -hmm. it, getting meters on push, the deeper into enemy territory you get, the more difficult each meter is to get as well. Yep. So, yep. um... The first 10 meters is significantly easier than the next 10 meters, than the next 10 meters, than the next 10 yeah. meters, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, Glides actually did lose a fight around the 60 meters meterish mark. They didn't actually cap, and they did. They wanted they want a subsequent fight, then capped, and then I guess they just kept on snowballing through. Shock failed to be able to make the comeback happen uh, in terms of winning fights, and then they won another fight at 92. But at this point, the payload's in a position where like. Because they did the groundwork of getting it to 92 in the first place, which is Gladiators on their sort of reapproach during the six and a half minutes. 
mm-hmm. over the course of very, very many fights. Yeah, I guess they just needed to win like one more good fight to to push it the rest of the way. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, that's hype as hell that it happened, right? But at the same time, you know it shouldn't. <laughs> like in normal cases, this wouldn't wouldn't happen. Yeah, this is you. You have to identify this as a, as an abnormal event. Now it's uncanny that Shock did. Sorry, not Shock. Glads did this twice. But that says a lot more about Glads than it does about anything else in this conversation. It just says that Glads are an unreal team. Um, because they did something that was unbelievably hard to do, that other teams would not be able to do. That literally no, other teams didn't do. Because Most we didn't teams, teams don't do this. Yeah. Most teams don't even get close. Most teams would get like a, you know, just a little, just a little, you know, we existed participation 20 meters and then they just lose 20 to 100 and whatever like that, you know. Uh-huh. Yep. Pushes. I think push has gotten a little bit better. And I think we've talked about this, so I don't want to spend too much time on it just personally, but Small it is going to be an, Yes. And and the the it is going to be an interesting narrative to revisit after the season's done to really see throughout, you know, maybe even five very distinct metagames. People- People people use the excuse of like, oh, well, you know, the, the teams are still figuring out push. People don't, don't know what they're doing yet as like why it's like maybe not good. But now it's like I would argue the teams know exactly what they're doing in this push because like there's mm. a certain flow chart in my mind of how things are meant to go on this map that is like exactly played out by teams and decision making wise. It's the only game mode where the winning team after winning a fight because they lost one fucking member, they mm. have to back out and give control to the other team. It would be like if you played Koth, you played Lee Jung Tower, you cap the point, but because you lost one member, you have to go back to sport and allow the other team to cap the point back. That that'd be the literal one to one comparison. That's how stupid it is. So But teams have to do that because yeah. you can't take the 4v5 in this game. Because the payload is moving towards the enemy team and you're getting close to entering a fight. And you can't reset unless you completely give up control of the objective. So that's the that's the thing about push. So yeah, not to get too deep into it, but just to give a glimpse of like where high level strategy on push is. The the simple concept of the fact that the winning team has to ha- has to be punished for lose has, is punished for winning simply because they lost one member is a ludicrous concept. But that's the reality of how it is played at the yeah. pro level. It is very punishing to get as deep as you you go in there. So it's to be determined. To be determined, I would say. But in any case. This game, I think what it does show is that even the best team in the world is going to be pushed and play up against tight comp- competition where Shock actually win. True. Um, so it's not like a given. I, th- I think the great thing about this tournament is that it was not a given that either Glads or Shock were just going to come and roll the entire mm-hmm. bracket and just like clean sweep and just be like, fuck everybody, we're SKTT1 from 2015. No one's going to that's just not what it is. It's actually a close enough affair that you, when you look at who won and who lost, mm-hmm. Shock could have easily have won this tournament, you know, given that they did also beat Glads in the best of five. But in the same vein, Shock also would have been, if you look at it from a BO5 comp- situation only, they would have sure. been 3 0 swept by Glads in the grand finals if it was a BO5. So, a couple of different ways you can look at it. Um, but given that Shock, given that both, given that every team lost, there's no team that went flawless in the entire bracket, right? I think it's a cool thing. I, I do want to put a pin in the idea that like this match should have 
this match set expectations for the grand final. And, you know, obviously our, our next you know topic point isn't going to be the grand final. But I do want to put a pin in like the expectation set from the upper bracket semifinal. But we'll get to that. Final thoughts on this match before we move to the Atlanta one. That was good. Rewatch it. Yeah. Other just I mean, incredible, you know, display of Overwatch 2 and how good this game can be. Even though I will say it, it, it wasn't as good as uh, Spark. Glass, sure, right? doesn't have to be. Yeah. Oh, not yeah. Not every game is going to be a, a giga banger <laughs> of yeah. all giga bangers ever. Yeah. yeah. Such a, that, the Spark Glass game was very unique because there were so many major pop off moments yeah. mm-hmm. individually, team wise, just all sorts of things, cra- crazy things happening. Yeah. Um. So Atlanta versus Gladiators then. I'm gonna need a bit of help on this one. I, I didn't watch this game as closely as others because I was um I was heaving mom's spaghetti in the toilet getting ready to cast the finals. Sure, yeah. Like you had, <laughs> no, you had quite other things prepared to nice. get ready for. Yeah, I, I I was uh knees weak, arms a heavy moment for me as I got ready. So nice. I think this went to game script, like you can you can celebrate Atlanta in their run. But when you look at Glads, like they're just a little bit different, right? Like you can look at Venom and you can celebrate how good he is on Tracer, just pound for pound. You can go down the list and it's just like, yeah, but Glads has like the answer. Like they're just a little bit better pound for pound. They have the wider playbook. Like I don't even know if I would say Hawk is. Say, is, say the thing, Yiska. Say the thing. Ticket. Say the line. Um, more tickets. All right, Yiska. Uh, sorry, Joe, continue. <laughs> It, 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 I think the only thing that was like mildly surprising is like Glad's struggle to like wrap up King's Row or, or rather maybe even defend it. Like they come into the second round with a minute on the time. Bank. Real? Go ahead. I think this is a great map choice by the Atlanta Reign. They took Gladiators to a Sigma map mm-hmm. and um, Sigma. obviously they play Sigma. They got to play one of Hawks good heroes. And Glads, I don't know what their prep on this map was like, but they made the very conscious choice not to play space here, probably because their practice had Rhino on this map, just playing normal Rhino stuff. Yeah. Um, and this is where you do have to... I know there's a lot of Rhino simps out there, and don't get me wrong, I think he is a, is a major rookie of the year candidate. He's fantastic at the game, and is, in my opinion, the best Western main tank currently. Mm. But you have, to, you have to look at Rhino through the lens of... You can't be the jote, I hate that term, the jack-of-all-trades tank, when you go to a Sigma-dominated map and Reiner can only just play Winston. So for all the people that are saying, like, yeah, but Reiner uh, flexible, it's like, didn't see it on King's Row. Yeah. You got to prove that to me. Like, I don't think you can't just, all the fans just throwing out those terms, just like, oh, he's a hyper-flex tank. It's like, but was he? Didn't play the Sigma on King's Row. Yeah, and and show me that. Decision, show yeah. me that in an off tank. Show me that in an off tank meta that he's going to be able to compete with Hanbert on Zarya. You can't be mm-hmm. ridiculous about it. You go back to KC. He played. He played. They figured to their credit. Glides figured out a counter comp, and they played the Rhine into the Zarya, which I think is correct. You're, you're supposed yes. to be doing that, but you know, as to, to in order to be fair in this discussion, Hawk needs to work on his main tanks in the mm-hmm. same way that Reiner has to get these off tanks into his hero pool comparable to other off-tank players 
to really be up there, right? Yep. Because we see Brad say like, "Oh, Hawks super slept on best tank of the world," in his opinion, and we're and us being critical, we're like, "Okay, well, you got to show me the win, so you got to show me the Ryan." Yeah. Yep. So applying the same logic, Ryan has got to show me the Sigma, show me the Zarya, show me show me the off tanks, and show and they all have to show the Jungle Queen in the next yeah. in the next patch, but. You know, every you have to because here's the thing is like, okay, did Soul lose? Yeah, they got fucking blown out of the water. <laughs> but, but like, you know, you can trust Smurf. We're, we're not gonna, I don't know how deep you want to get in a conversation about like where Smurf was there. Uh, mm. it's, it's still a team game, but like, you know, Smurf is still a very reliable player that, that mm. is one of the only true players in this entire league that has shown that he plays everything across the board and for it to be com comparable. And from having looked over his games over the course of the season where he was fucking shit on Sigma. But because he was the only tank player that he had to learn it, yep. he eventually got quite good at it. He actually got comparable. He got comparable to the real Sigma players in APAC, the guys like Void, right? Mm -hmm. um, people that have been players like Fury that have been playing this hero for their entire careers. And Smurf got comparable on that hero, on the Zarya. Uh, played a tiny bit of D.Va. Not that D.Va's been relevant in this meta at all at any point. Mm -hmm. But um, Smurf's had to play everything across the board. So, like, you know, that you, you have to and and be comparable to his counterparts i think you know I, I, don't, I don't think it's a matter of like yeah because here's if you're trying to come into this argument with with bad faith which a lot of people do and shame on you you'll say like yeah but smurf's not the best sigma in the world it's like that's not the fucking point he no. doesn't have to, it's not meant to be the best he just has to he has to be comparable to the off tank players on other teams who are playing this hero yeah. that's the that's the benchmark hawk has to be comparable on winston and ryan compared to the people that have been playing winston and ryan for the entire careers Ryan has to be comparable on the zarya the diva the all those other off tanks of sigma versus the players like hawk that have played these heroes for their careers that's the benchmark they have to hit and i think anyway. the way that it, like you can approach this or the way that maybe i'll repackage like that entire argument because i agree like i think most tanks in general have some holes but like this is the first time we're really seeing people not necessarily step outside of their comfort zone but like the demand from the tanks is so much greater now that it's shining a light on a lot of these deficiencies that we've kind of just like nodded to in the past. But like they didn't matter because you have another tank to kind of pick up the slack. Now it's just not the case anymore. And like, yeah, you might be Houston, you might be, you know, Atlanta in some cases where like you can just gamba the tickets and you get your comp and you can be proficient at it. But when you compare a lot like these top four main tanks, right? You, or let's just call it top three for argument's sake. You know, you look at Smurf, you look at Reiner, you look at Hawk. Like they're showing us things that like a lot of other people just aren't doing, right? You look at you look at London. London's a weird case just because like they they're almost tailoring their season around one specific tank most of the time. They do play Winston, and obviously Hottie did show us some wrecking ball, but in the vast Hottie's majority not, of cases, Hottie's not playing second before you. Okay, yeah, no. But like these other three tanks are showing us something completely different. They aren't bulletproof. They have their holes that they probably will fix them by season's end. But like it's tough to it's tough to compare them because I think you have to compare them within their role. And that said, if they feel very standoutish and I don't know if I'm like getting to the point or making my point very clear. But like when you compare them versus their peers, they're doing things that other people struggle to do at like a very basic level. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. And he, I would even say that someone is not completely comfortable on sure. some of his off picks as well. Mm-hmm. Like part of the strategy for Florida is that they specifically don't go to Sigma maps or like off tank heavy maps. Like you don't see them pick the Circuit Royales. You see them pick the Watchpoint Gibraltars. Why? Because it's a good Winston map for someone and XC can still snipe there. But if they had a disgusting, if they had a six Sigma play on that team, or if or if someone had that himself, they would go to Circuit Royale. XC would comfortably snipe on that map as he does on other maps, um, and they'd be fine. That's why teams like Rain love to go to Circuit because they 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 trust in their ability to cover all the pieces that required. Um, yeah. So otherwise, uh, Kings Row aside, though Kings Row aside, this series is probably as standard. Glad's a good where they're normally good at. Glad's pick the Watchpoint Gibraltar. No surprises there. You wouldn't want to take Rain to Circuit when that was one of their best maps. Um, Kai is discussing on the Widow there. Hawk Sigma is exactly in his comfort zone on that map. Um, you want to be taking Hawk to a Winston favor map where you're going to diff him, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is, again, the, the, is going to be the fair criticism of Hawk. is like when you go to a Winston map yeah. and you have to play against Reiner in a Winston matchup, it's gonna you gotta, be a rough. you gotta compare. So it's it's the same conversation, you know. Like if Glads mm-hmm. are gonna, if, sorry, not Glads. Well, Rain are gonna take Glads to Kings Row, and you are gonna choose to not put space in. Then Rainer's got to Rainer's got to step up and square up versus Hawk in that matchup, mm-hmm. or you lose. And they did lose. Um, and the same conversation is gonna be now one eighty to Hawk going into Gibraltar versus Rain. It's like got to square up in the Winston. Yep. Otherwise, you can't be the best tank. would agree but yeah outside of that it was just very you know glads is just a i hate to say it because like we have just like oh big underrated atlanta everybody underrates atlanta but like calling a spade a spade glads just was the team to advance like they were just the better team i don't think it was like particularly close coming into this game it was like yeah that was to be expected glads was the better team atlanta Imp- I think impressed should have impressed a lot of people. I don't know if they actually did, just because, like you said, there is there is a stigma around them. Um, people yeah. aren't fair about Atlanta. People are no, unreasonably unfair about Atlanta because if you put if you put any other team, like even Houston, who are a pretty close team, if you put Houston in the exact same shoes as Atlanta and and had them run through the entire low bracket, then lose to Gladiators, everyone would be celebrating Houston. Yeah, but like very few people are looking at Atlanta being impressed for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, which is disappointing because I think uh, Atlanta played out of their minds to get this stage after losing to London the way they did after getting diffed by Boneback to, to being at this yeah. stage is pretty crazy so so many matches you've got to win. like if if Atlanta had uh, won this tournament I think they would have had to win seven so yeah. or play seven matches right like that's crazy the amount of matches so yeah, I One, think three, four, five, six, yeah, seven. If they beat Glads and then go to grand finals, grand finals would be map seven or game seven rather. Yeah, but I agree with Joe. Like I think the Glads matchup that would have been the same for the Shock matchup as well is the mm-hmm. one where you probably did expect them to lose because yeah. there is a very established hierarchy in in A where we've seen these teams play before. We we know Glads and Shock are the top two teams, and so like because there's a far more established hierarchy, it's a lot easier to just be. In a position of expectation to know that Glads were heavily favored here. It would be like 
pre-Soul shitting the bed this tournament. Yeah. Anybody going up against Soul in APAC, there's an established mm-hmm. hierarchy of it's Soul than everybody else. The other six do fluctuate because the other six take games sure. off each other very comfortably. But um, Soul had been the, the top dogs for a while. So, yeah, that it being more of an established hierarchy in, in A definitely leads to the fact that you probably did view Atlanta as major underdogs here. Um, and I actually talked to um, a coach uh, about some of the upcoming games, and they had actually they had actually said to me that they kind of wouldn't have been surprised if Atlanta did win against the Glads just because of, uh, and it wasn't an Atlanta coach for those that are curious. It's not just like I think my team's gonna win. No, it's it was it was. Um, I'm not gonna say who, it, but the point is like they 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 actually had a lot of faith in Atlanta, which I think is is fair enough because Atlanta had been kind of, you know, rampaging through the bottom, lower bracket. So there's a world then where, like, you know, maybe Atlanta just show up and do something. But they would have to be climbing uphill versus Glads, but... Like, the thing is, in my mind, it's always like, if if it's true that the Gladiators have a bad matchup against London... Uh, sorry, the, the Rain have a bad matchup against London, I feel like that necessarily also translates to the Gladiators because Gladiators can just like play all the studs that Lon- London has to offer, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it is true. They do. They did come out of so, you know, kick up clash with a little bit of that brawl look. So, makes sense. Are we uh, just about ready to get into the grand finals? Then, this is the moment yeah. we've been waiting for. I think sure. you know. It only is fair if you take that charge and, you know, take us through the POV, load us into the hub. We're clicking on Avril POV Grand Finals. Yeah. Big nut. So what was that like? So you're you're getting off the toilets. You're wiping off the carbonara. Speaking of the toilet. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, I guess in that uh, situation, I'm talking a little bit more about tickets. But like, um, I think that's legitimately like. Without talking bo- to both of those teams, it seems pretty obvious to me that Gladiators and London have scrimmed a decent amount uh, before. I think, like, Atlant- uh, sorry, Glads went to the Xerox machine, took London's ticket, and got a pretty good version of it that at times can even be seen as better of the London ticket than that original, right? So, yeah, I, I I don't know, like, in that sense, um, once again, like, you gotta think that the Gladiators comes into this final and has the most tickets. Now, the tickets, do they imply within a meta? Because, like, I, I explained them to be more like a, you know, like, a new meta happens now. That's the thing. Well, it also happens to have some effect in a rock, paper, scissors scenario, right? And then, of course, like, tickets, once again, it's mostly down to probability. And, like, whoever plays nuts on a, any given day is going to yeah. be uh, uh, crazy. So, I, I don't know about you, you Joe, but when mm-hmm. that grand final happened, there's yeah. no big disadvantage to the team that comes from the lower bracket, other than, I think, giving up first mag pick. I'm still, and this is head-ass, this is, I, I agree that it's probably not the right thing to do, but to me, the gladiators are still the favorites. 
especially in the best of seven? Um, to say that they're the favorites, yeah. Did you guys I mean, about the finals yet? <laughs> no, we're kind of starting to. I I think right. I agreed with you last show that like just pound for pound, using your paper versus paper, like Tone it's. It. It's it's firepower versus flexibility. Like, can the shock just overcome like all the different kinds of looks that Glads could throw them? So, like, I don't hate it. I I think this was just ability. It's not that they don't have flexibility. It's just like the styles that they can play are a little bit like thinner compared to comparatively to the Glads, right? When you look at Shock and you have to see them on like Eichenwald and their pick is like, let's put Kalush on Diva. Like, yeah, it works, but like, let's make not let let's not make bones about this. Like. It's just like not a good comp. Like they make it work just oh, because they're oh. the shock, but it's not good. Let's get into the matchup proper. Sorry, I needed to uh, just sure, thinking about the finals. I uh, brought up more spaghetti for me and I had to empty all that out. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, get, um, get us into your head coming into this game because it, it's it's one of you, you know, is this fair to say? What, like I, had the biggest what, I, what I had. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. Okay. What I had in my brain was that. Um, Finally, people can shut the fuck up about this whole APAC thing because I'm casting two NA teams now. <laughs> sure. and, and still, there were some cringy motherfuckers. Proper bias. Couldn't APAC bias. That, uh, yeah, they're like bringing up some APAC shows. Like, guys, it's just a, it's an NA versus NA final. Mm-hmm. And some cringe ass motherfuckers are still like trying to come, up, come at me. And it's like, I don't give a fuck anymore about, I don't care who wins. Please, I've established already. If you wanted me to be biased, I would be biased to the teams that I have fucking friends on. So how can how can you, people like people like oh you, you know this guy's dick riding for APAC? So what I'm gonna do now? I'm gonna be the biggest NA dick rider if you've ever seen. If you think I was dick riding for APAC, you haven't fucking seen shit. I'm gonna be fucking double deep throating NA like you wouldn't mother. I'm gonna be the the fucking grapefruit bitch ass just fucking just fucking in there. I, I will motorboat the fuck out of NA just to piss you off now. So if you if you wanna if you if you want some insufferability, you're fucking about to get it. Um no, so but but what it is is like um yeah, this is a huge game. I have a lot of respect for both teams, and I think it would have been awesome either way, because either either proper wins or my friends on the glads win. Um or you know people that I'm close to on the shock win as well, which I'm happy about mm-hmm. because I'm um, Corey on the, sh- on NRG on, on the shock is fucking awesome. Um, uh, their coaching staff are cool as well. Um, and you know, obviously there's, there's guys on that team from O2 blast who I've been casting for a long time. Sure. So no matter what, you know, this was going to be a good game. And because we already had the three, two matchup established, I, I yes. felt like it was going to be close on as I was really hoping for a close one. Cause we'd been, we haven't always had the best finals and unfortunately, yes, and that's where i have to ask you to put yourself back into we've back into the match for a moment right we go back we rewind we're in avril's brain we've just finished Watchpoint gibraltar the glads are up three zero are you shitting your pants like fuck man it is what it is i don't like it you know if the if the glads win the shock don't show up and it's a four zero then <sighs> what what do you do it's not, it's not like I've never casted a one-sided No, of course not. Of course so. not. But it's, it's, and that's where I want to like take the pin out of the board from the upper bracket uh, semifinal and looking at like the expectations of this game. 
that like shock and glads go close. Like it's game five. It's down to the wire. Like you don't know who's really going to win until it happens. Right. And then we load into these first three maps and it's like, oh, no, what has gone wrong? Because the shock just are not there. Like outside of Ilios, yeah, um, it was kind of absent, right? Well, I, I made very specific call outs to map choices here because okay. something that's very important in uh, any sort of playoff tournament style matchup is map choice does matter, you know? Course, yeah. And people that there's there's a there's a whole obviously whenever you get to a double Elam Grand Finals and the team from the winners bracket lose, you know, you're inviting a whole lot of the like oh bracket reset oh, crowd. You're gonna get a lot of lat crowd coming on through because yeah. for some reason, and they, they this is what they do by the way, they always bring up FGC and Smash Bros or some shit, and it's just like yeah. they think they think the they, they think our best of sevens take like twenty minutes to finish or something. Yeah, yeah, they so don't, don't care get, about the logistics. They don't care about player strain. They just want it because of fairness. Like, do you do you understand how long our games take? You want to reset yeah. the bracket and play another BO7? Are you crazy? No. Do you just do you not understand how difficult that is and how long that is? This is not we're not playing twenty minute Smash games, guys. It's not fighting games, people. We're not playing like fucking games that take a minute around. Let mm -hmm. Let's not forget, like, like between those two teams, Glatz actually won one more map. As well, mm -hmm. right? Like it was a three-two the first I mean, time around, correct? For if shock, you're looking at like the head-to-head, -head. yeah. Then they won four-two. So oh yeah, talking about that, yeah, right. From that strategy perspective, so if you combine, yeah, if you combine that together, that is interesting as well. No, it's just that. So that aside, that aside, I think that was there was a greater point I was going to get to. Part of the mm -hmm. advantage of being at winner's bracket is one, you don't play twice on the second day which nope. people will now get into the argument of like maybe it's better to play twice i will still say that for the most part it's more exhausting it way more yeah. exhausting to play twice the only time it's better is if the winner's bracket team in this case shock don't have a warm-up at all and just have to go in cold yes yeah i don't know if they got a warm-up i don't know what type of warm-up they had but if you do have to go in cold i do think that is a little bit fucked but yeah i don't know what else you can do about that yeah. um but in most parts you probably I think most teams would probably still prefer to have the guaranteed finals, not have to worry about losing yeah. in the losers finals and, and like potentially playing a close game um, and getting there. Because here's the, here's the alternate history. Here's the multiverse version of this. If they played against Spark, would this, would, would it have, would it have been a closer game than the Atlanta game? I think if you use the previous Spark Glads game as a benchmark, then maybe. And if they had, if the Glads had to really fucking go ham to beat the low bracket team. Uh, not that, not to say that Atlanta didn't put up enough of a fight because Atlanta also did take a map in there, but I think we were all very much, I think everyone mostly favored the Glass to win that one, unless you're a hardcore Atlanta fan. Um, yeah, for the most part, like if you, if you have to play a very intense best of five right before the grand finals, and there's only about a 20 to 30 minute break, I'm pretty sure the, the, the low bracket game finished. I hopped on the mic and I got told, yeah, 20 minutes to finals. I'm like, oh, yeah. there's, there's like, it's not a big break. It's not a very big break. It's enough of a break where, you know, you get a drink, take a shit, and just like, you know, if yep. you have your own mom's spaghetti, you, you deal with that. Yeah. And then you you, you just got to get ready to play again straight away. Um, and it's a lot for the coaching staff, by the way. This is the this is oh, the really sure. underrated thing, is in a game like Overwatch, this is what you can't compare it to Smash because you don't have a team of coaching staff that have to go through all these different matchups, map choices, and all these different tactics on each map and all this kind of stuff 
against different types of opponents with different strengths, you know, like versus going up against Atlanta is a different kind of prep than going up against the shock. So people don't understand. It's like, you know, you, you can't don't don't just fucking bring up Smash Brothers where like a dude, hungry box and mango, just fucking walk up there and do their thing. Well, you don't have a fucking whole team of coaches behind you that have to figure this shit out. Um for the coaching staff of Glads to prep for two different matches at the same time is difficult to do. And you can't over prep for shock because if you over prep for shock and you're not prep versus Atlanta, we've seen plenty of teams fall over in the lower bracket game because they assumed they were going to win and they, they misprepared, right? They didn't prepare for the right game. Uh, I don't know if it's fair to say Dallas did that last year because Dallas probably thought they were going to beat Atlanta and then just didn't. They, I think we all thought that Dallas was going to go to the grand finals and not Atlanta, right? Um, and I don't know if, if maybe Dallas didn't maybe dallas didn't just like maybe rush didn't put the didn't give the respect over to atlanta I, I, maybe i'm just making shit up but like that's a possible thing that does happen where course, you know yeah. you think you think shanghai is going to be your main opponent but then you lose the other guy and that could have easily have happened to glads here if they if they mm -hmm. just over prep for shock and don't respect atlanta they just lose to atlanta so you have to put in you know equal amounts of prep for both and then hopefully you beat Atlanta and then you get to go into your shock prep. But that's a, that's a, that's a big fucking job for the coaching staff. Mm. Um, and also the map choices, the winner's bracket team gets a map choice, which, look, you will say here that it didn't help shock, but that's because they fucking chose a map for the gladiators. Yeah. It's like for the map choices to matter, you have to be, you have to make it mean something. Like if you're going to throw out a random map that doesn't help you, then of course it doesn't matter. So, you know, it's up to the teams to make the map choices work in their favor. And typically having first map choices is a very strong thing. Sure. It's matchup dependent, obviously, versus a team like London, it's a gigantic advantage because you can just take them away from yep. line maps instantly. Um, I have a bit of a theory behind Shock's map choices, but I, I will say before I get into detail, I'll let you guys get your opinions on it as well. Um, there were the two map choices in the first three maps that were a little bit confusing that most people have gravitated towards that I myself have gravitated towards as well, which is the Ilios and Gibraltar choices over the Oasis and Circuit Royale choices. And I think that is partially why we got a 3-0 to start with. Yeah, I... I... Ilios is tough. Um... I don't see, and maybe you can correct like the record here for me. I don't like get why. I have some theories. I don't. I don't see a discernible difference. Let's say I, I see maybe Shock playing a little Irish lady, and, and maybe like trying to make some use out of it there. They they've been a big Irish uh, lady enjoyer. Let's say, um, and then yeah, the the Circuit Royal Dodge was uh, kind of interesting to say the least when you look at like the the flavor of gibraltar you look at like what you can do there and you can do on circuit royal and it i don't know it just was there were some odd ones from the shock for sure so if you have theories i'm, I'm all yours i wrote up a mini document about map drafting strategy between these two teams uh and you'll remember from previous episodes of tcp I brought up specific map drafting strategies versus London as well because I think they were very they're a very good team to formulate the idea of map For drafting sure, yeah. strategy. So I brought up like okay, this is how you draft against London, 
mm-hmm. you draft in this order, you will probably beat them in terms of like expected outcomes and percentage chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Now, in this particular matchup, it just comes down to like which maps are favored for who and who prefers to go where. Um, uh, I'll break down the Circuit Royale pick slash lack of pick first, just to give a precedent in terms of what I'm talking about, and then we'll get sure. to Elios. So the reason why, and this is why I don't, uh, we'll get to why I, do, I don't hate the Elios pack pick as, as much as I dislike the Gibraltar pick. Uh, and the sure. reason for yeah, that is because Circuit Royale had been so strong for the Shock in comparison to the Gladiators. Uh, one of those reasons is going to come down to the tank matchup. Mm-hmm. Sigma is Kaluja's best hero. Kaluja's yeah. their starting tank player. That is a very strong position to put Kaluja in. You have Kilo, who's been shown so far in the tournament up until this stage to be a much better sniper player than Arns. Um, in fact, he fucking destroyed Arns the last time we went to Circuit Royale. And you have Proper, who really shouldn't be a hidden weapon, mm. but just comes on a Sojin and gets a deadlift on Circuit Royale. So just, just fucking dominates on Circuit Royale. Got, he got, I can't remember the stat now, he got an insane, he got, I think he got 65% of final blows. Uh, I think Reinforce had that stat. Jeez. 65% of final blows on Circuit Rail over the whole course of the whole map on Sojin. So he wasn't even the Widowmaker player. You're not even playing the hero that's supposed to right. carry the hardest there, and you still got 65% of final blows. That's how crazy good proper was on that map. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you get to play, obviously, double flex support. Super strong for Finn and Violet. Vala gets to play a signature BAP as well. You know, you got everything going for you. Finn gets yeah. in. Like, holy shit, that's like everybody's best heroes all in one go, you know? So you that is a that is a that is a monstrous lineup for the shock to be playing circuit row. They are they are a phenomenal circuit team. Um so, so why why pick Jibby? Well that's the that's the fucking two hundred and fifty thousand dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> that's a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar question. It why pick Jibby? I've got a couple of theories. One is they wanted to try and surprise the Gladi. It's like, oh, you thought we okay. were going circuit. In which case, it doesn't work for Gladiators because like, oh, we're surprised, but thank you. You picked a map that's good for us. Yeah. Why is Gibraltar good for Glads? Well, you can see their history of, first of all, their history of picking Gibraltar as third maps. Uh, Glads have a large history of doing that so far this tournament. Second of all, they want a Winston map for Reiner. They want a map sure. where they get to play yeah. their starting tank player on a on on their on best map hero. That favors them. Yeah. Um, on a map that favors your tank player. On a map that okay, well Arn still has to play Widowmaker, but that doesn't matter. He has to play Widowmaker where, wherever. So it's just up to Arns to show up. And he did show up. Um, and then you get to play Kefsa on either Genji or Tracer, which is really, really good. That's a great matchup for him versus um if you went to Circuit, what what does Kefsa play? Does he play the Sojin? What did Kevs to play? What's someone check for me? What is um Glad Shark? You know what? I'll just do it. Circuit Royale. What did Kevs to play? Who played? Was Kevs to playing? Because he wouldn't have been subbed out. Kevster was on Sojin. Not gonna lie to you folks. He got fucking pumped by Proper in that matchup. He got. They all did. All the Glads got fucking railed by Proper in that matchup in more ways than one. If you can use your imagination. Mm-hmm. Um. So. You are now putting Kevster on a much better hero for him on either Tracer or Genji. Both he's sure. super well known for, other than the Sojin, which Proper was dominant on. Um, and yeah, like those are these are already things. The other thing is like the other reason why Circuit's bad for Glads is as much as I think Space is a good play and Space's Sigma is definitely not a problem for the team. Sure. The problem is not the matchup in terms of what heroes he's picking. The problem is in scrim time and preparation. Yep. 
Space only plays Circuit for this team. He doesn't get subbed in for any other map. He didn't even get subbed in for King's Row, which is another Sigma map. Granted, King's Row is not as guaranteed of a yeah, Sigma must run than Circuit is. Circuit is you're, like, if you don't play Sigma, you're just not fucking you're throwing throwing. game. Yeah. At least on Kings, there are other strategies, but they are not as good as a Sigma. Sure. It's not impossible to win without the Sigma, which is why Glides didn't play it, but you really should be playing the Sigma if you want your best chance of winning, which is why everyone mostly plays the Sigma on that map. Yeah. Um, so they they bring in space only for circuits. There's only map he plays. Why is that a problem? Because he doesn't have the scrim time. Because mm-hmm. he's currently a substitute and he's not the starting tank player on this team, Reiner gets all the scrim time. Space doesn't really get to play unless they're on circuit royale. Which is, and this is this is whole this is whole tank substitution discussion that happened when Brad announced that he was going to put all his focus on the hawk, which I think is the right mm-hmm. call to make. Because you want to be producing one great tank play and not having to share that time between two people, which is also why Mayhem cut Adam and just someone was just there. Now their guy, right? This, this is this is not a new thing. Teams are currently doing this in Overwatch too because mm-hmm. it it they're not getting the most out of scrims that they're having to play with two people yep. and substitute them in. You have two guys going fifty percent instead of one guy going hundred percent is what it is. Yep. So space only gets to play this one map. Even though he's a good individual player, hard to play up against a shock when Kaluj is a starting main yeah. t- is a starting player on this team, playing his best here in space. This is the only map he plays, and he doesn't get as much time to play with the team. So he's not as prepped in terms of his own time with the team. It feels um, like such a throw for them to not pick yes. Circuit here. It's hundred percent. Hundred percent. I do not get it. I think like this again, like credit to you. You're you're drafting a, a very comprehensive approach to this escort pick. And it's like you look at the lack of scrim time they've had with space or the assumed lack of scrim time. You look at like how dominant they were just a match prior in the head to head against this team. How do you not just take them? Like, how do you pick into like, you just give them the pick. You literally they just did. go, like, here you go. They, they basically gave glads the map choice twice when they shouldn't have. It's, it's this wild. one is, this one is, this one's far less excusable. The, I have a theory. Sure, for the one. I don't really have a good response here. I don't have some copium response for shock mm-hmm. is why they went to Gibraltar instead of um, circuit. And I, I think mm-hmm. I've explained pretty comprehensively why yes. they should have gone to circuit instead of Gibraltar. Um, this is also why, by the way, that like some there's some discussions that I had where people will always give the team the benefit of the doubt, and then they'll just assume I'm stupid. Uh, like some discussions I've had were like, just like, oh, but you know, how could you question Krusty? And blah, blah, blah. it's like, so you just think coaches don't never make mistakes to you? And you yeah, just nobody... what, what fairy what fairy tale do you live in where you think every all these coaches are perfect and never make mistakes? That's why uh, coaches have uh, you know very secure jobs that don't have turnover, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why that's why that's why coaches definitely don't get kicked mid season a la Kuki. Yeah, Cope Harder, thank you. Um, yeah, this is a clear mistake. This is a clear mistake of. This is a clear example, I think, of a coaching error, uh, yeah. legitimately. Uh, this now, one is hard for me to decipher. To be fair, like, I agree, map choices matter. I, I don't want the public to, like, just run with this and be like, ah, oh, yeah, it was the map choice. Let's be honest, and, and you can correct the record and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought Kilo had a terrible watch point in Gibraltar. Like, his, he in was compar- not there. In comparison to where, well, you have to, yes. um, you have to remember, and I'm, I'm still, I still have to get this Ilias point out of the way very quickly. Sure. So, Go ahead. You have to remember that Widowmaker is a very streaky hero. Agreed. Agreed. You are going to have on moments. It's a very hot and cold hero. We don't, this is why the 2020 Arns thing was such a, 
unreal performance because mm-hmm. we never it, it wasn't about the peak of Watermaker because the peak of Watermaker is like the time shit he was doing in Apex. Yeah. I think anybody who has seen Overwatch over the court history of Overwatch, you probably, if you are going to be fair about Anza 2020 performance, you are not walking to that and saying this is the best, highest skilled Watermaker that we've ever seen in terms of pure pop-off, pure shots that crazy shots he's landing pure like mechanics being shown mm-hmm. because i would say that taimu in his time in apex had some of the wildest shit we've ever seen a watermaker right why sure. arms was the best watermaker anyway despite that in 2020 and maybe in the history of watermakers is not because of the verticality of how hard he's popping off but in terms of how consistently he's able to just be hot on this hero sure. on, a, on a very hot and cold hero where you're going to have hot days cold days and even within the same map you're going to have hot and cold moments. I mean, you go back to the MN3 pop-off on mm-hmm. oh, this map on Circuit Royale and also the Ash gameplay on um, New Queen Street that we, we I and multiple other people have said it was maybe one of the hardest pop-off performances ever. When you really dissect that performance, that is still hot and cold. Because it's yeah. not like every fight, MN3 is just there popping 3Ks. Yeah. No. He's popping 3Ks, and then another fight, he's a bit quiet, hitting some body shots. And then maybe another fight, he'll kill one guy. And then the fourth fight, he'll he'll pop off and get like a 3k. It's mm. not all the time. Which is why, like, would it make a consistency or sniping consistency? I think is the main thing and the main metric that I define good would it make a play by. So sure. it's not just about like what is the craziest 720 no scope that you've ever hit. It's not that it's not about that for me. It's about like how mm. often can you just reliably get a pick every fight? Just one. Doesn't have to be fucking more than one. Doesn't have to be two, three, four, five, just one. Which is why that Kai performance on Circuit Royale versus I think was London was so disgusting because every fight it seemed like he was getting a kill. Just one. Just one is all that matters. So yeah, I I don't think Kilo was like bad. I just think like, you know, Arn showed up and when one Widowmaker really shows up, he can make the other Widowmaker look worse. Do you know what I mean? Like Kilo can still be good, but if Arn's is on a different level for that particular map, then Ke- there's not a lot Kilo can do. He just has to take shit. Like, and I think, and I hate to echo the same thing, but like Kilo is kind of known coming into this season from contenders. Like he is kind of like a a little bit of a streaky player, maybe not merit streaky, but he plays streaky heroes like Ash and sure, fair. And it's not that he didn't come into the series at all. Like he had his moments in the series oh. where he woke up and actually like was on. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out where the the kilo like inconsistency narrative came from. I have a feeling mm-hmm. it might have come from me. Uh, maybe it did come from me. I think it's either from me or from the fact that he wasn't a starting player in the Sombra meta, and people forget that the reason he wasn't a starting player was because it, he wasn't the Sombra player on the team, and Merit, Merit was uh, right. I think that's part of it as well. Sure, yeah. But, um, so Ilios, before we completely case. forget. Yeah, we'll allow Yiska to come in at some point as well. But um, <laughs> I don't know if Yiska's still alive. Um, Ilios, the Ilios pick. I don't hate this as much because Shock have had a history of going to Ilios. Okay. Um, they actually have first pick Ilios in other series. And I think they legitimately do want to pick Ilios for like, I don't know, maybe they 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 have a lot of trust in the Mikey Ball and stuff like that. And so it's sure, not like point. out yeah. of the question for them to go to Ilios. There's another like deeper, like, you know, red string on the board with photographs, like 
real getting to the the deep end of the tinfoil I had about this. Another theory that got brought up, which I thought was quite interesting, a credit to um, reinforce for actually this one that actually did make a lot of sense, okay. was there is a legitimate conversation to be had about Shock picking Ilios as a legitimate throw pick. When I say legitimate throw pick, I mean like they intended to pick this map under totally. the full impression that they could be lo- not to lose, under the pressure that they could lose. Why do I say this? Because uh-huh. when you look at the map order, here's the here's the discussion to be had. The map order is control, hybrid, escort, push, control, escort, hybrid. It used to, I think it was last two was escort push, then it got changed to escort hybrid. I don't know what happened there. Okay. Um, so the way this goes is you want to get rid of one of the good Gladiators maps very early. You know okay. that Gladiators are going to Ilias. Why do you know? Because gotcha. they fucking, they, they, we just played here. You played, yeah. you've played Gladiators and Ilias. And, um, so you're gaming it to not end up on like map so they, five. Ilias. They literally, so here's the thing. Elios was played by Gladius versus Hangzhou. It was a 2-0. Running right. Astro came in, fucking diff them. Lucio, Alpha Yi in the pit, all that kind of shit, right? Good shit. You know, crazy gameplay by the Lucio. Um, Shock also then plays Glads on the same Elios pick. They lose. Glads beat them right. again in 2-0 Elios. So here's the theory. And again, we, we are applying the tinfoil hat theory. I'm not saying this is a guarantee what it is, but I think this is applicable. Sure. If you are Shock, there is a world where you look at this like, we want to go to Oasis, but we also want to get rid of Ilios in the pool. Reason why we would pick Ilios here, and because here's the two scenarios. You either pick Oasis now, which is your good control map, and then you win, and then Glad's pick Midtown, and you continue through the series. Or you're in a situation where you get to pick Oasis as map five, and then Glad's go and pick whatever whatever, whatever escort map they pick. So here's, here's right. how you game this theory. If you pick Elios as map number one, if you win, you win, you get you come up one and zero. Maybe you, you lose midtown, you're you're now one and one, correct? Mm. And then you get to pick the escort map. Ideally, you go to escort. Scenario two. You pick Elios and you lose. Not unexpected. Gladiator's good map. You're picking one right. of their maps. You're probably expecting to lose here. They win, they're one zero. You now get to pick Iconvolder where you can play your diva strategy. I'll get into that strategy as well. And why they like <laughs> do that. I, in theory, you now when I can vault you one and one. Gladiators get to pick their next map pick. Right. So, I think the thing is for them the the tinfoil hat theory is is that there's no wrong, there's no there's no bad result from losing the first map of Elios if you pick Elios. Whereas if you play Oasis and you win, what is your next map choice? Your next map choice. Sorry, the, the next map choice is a hybrid map choice. Right. Whereas if you pick Oasis and you win map five, it goes to an escort. But ideally, by that point, you've actually already played circuit. It doesn't matter what escort remains. You don't have any remaining escort maps that you prefer anymore <clears throat> other than Circuit Royale. So you, mm-hmm. you the idea is you lose Ilios on purpose. or Either, you either you, again, two stars, you either win it and it doesn't matter or you lose it, which is expected. And then you get to pick something really strong. Um, or you miss out on Eichenwalder completely because Glad's are never picking Eichenwalder versus you. So you're yeah. opening up a situation where you're guaranteed to pick Eichenwalder because otherwise your next opportunity to pick Eichenwalder is map seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen by then? Yeah. So you're trying to guarantee that no, you get wait. rid of Elios early hybrid so that never you don't have comes to play back. again. 
It did in this series. Hybrid was map seven here. It was. Yes, Should it was. Yes, I'm telling, yes, I'm telling you, it was. Right, but by the rule, like Eric posted the rules, should it have been even possible to pick by the rules outlined? They changed the shit mid grand finals. I don't know what to say, but like I literally got told by production that was even in the graphic, by the way. If yeah, you look at the pre show, shifted. map selection pre show, it, it said map seven push. Yes. And then halfway through the grand finals, I get, a, I get a voice in my ear that says, sorry, it's now hybrid map seven. And then the yep. new graphic comes up and it's fucking hybrid map seven. Yep. So I don't we know. We were what to all say. like very confused about that as well. I don't know why, but that's what it was. Sure. Okay. Fair it, it just changed. It just changed to that. That's yeah. what it was. But in either case, you're either there's, there's even with that under consideration, here's the thinking from shock. You are either not going to get the chance to play Archibald again until map seven, or you're not going to get the chance at all. Like zero. Yeah. So you, they want it. They, if you pick Ilios and lose on purpose, you get the Archibald pick guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And and there's a and there's a world where you say okay, but we were always going to lose on earlier, so let's just get the shit out of the way early. Sure. Pick Oasis for five, guarantee we get Eichenwalder, so that no matter what, the first two maps end in one one. Either you pick Oasis, your good map, and then they pick their map Midtown, and you go one and one, or you pick their good map Ilios, then you pick your good hybrid, and you go one and one. So I think from the shock POV, it doesn't matter. You just go one and one no matter what, but you yes. knock out Glad's Ilios pick straight away. And you always have your counter pick. I, I don't that's hate that. I think that's that's pretty like I, I think that has a lot of a lot of room to be successful. Like you take that neutral pick for game one. Maybe you win, maybe you lose. If you win, great, you have your counter pick. If not, then we get counter pick on Ike and obviously and, we're favored. They now. don't suck at Elios. They don't no. suck it because it was an it was a map that they legitimately do choose versus teams. Yep. So it's not like some random thing that they just go back to the London game, Elios. Oh, shock oh, sorry shanghai oasis okay given that but that's the other that's obviously the other good sure. control map shock versus glads uh upper breaker final ilios grand final ilios so the three three out of four opening maps of shock played this tournament three of them were ilios so it's not out of the question that they go to ilios they don't suck at this game map they know glads are probably favored but the back to be fair, this safety, is a competitive map net, the safety net was even if we lose we get like we get like and Yep. Fuck it. I think that's smart. I think that's probably that's why I don't happens. hate that. That's why, like, I hate the I hate the Gibraltar and not yeah, Jimmy is but, silly. But I think this one makes like, sense. This one makes a lot more sense. Yes, I agree. I agreed there. God, I wish we had more data. Like, I wish the regular, like the qualifying games, you're allowed to like pick. I, I wish we had more map drafts. I I love hearing people that are like passionate about map drafting and like go through the stats and like really like have that skeleton approach to it I like apply this i i literally did i literally <clears throat> created sure very basic just a notepad the entire yeah. drafting strategy for both teams over the course of the bo7 yeah here are the but exact like, map order for all seven maps that i expect mm -hmm. the teams to be picking or, or favoring so i had that lined up uh, that's why i have like a, that's my framework of what i expected in terms of map drafting strategy that's something i like to get into i'm a, I'm a bit of yeah. a nerd when it comes to that and so I get into the mind of the coaches in terms of like, okay, where, where, where should the maps be going and why? Mm -hmm. No, this was, this was a good like example of, you know, like you said, the Ilias one is kind of indicative of like how this, there, there is a lot of depth to this that I, I don't think people are appreciated. So, so like when, well when certain people are annoyed that I like critique the, to this depth on some things and like critique um coaching decisions and like people pe the the audience is weird sometimes where they will like equally 
defend bad coaching decisions. Yeah. Um, and then also like when there's a narrative behind it, like someone else started a narrative, they're like, oh fuck Supreme and blah blah blah, right? They're like yeah. they will both equally dogpile coaches, but also defend the fuck out of bad coaching decisions all in the same all at the same time. It's kind of wild. It's strange. I'm, I, 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 almost can't, I, I almost can't contain myself that you're telling me that hybrid would have been played again. <laughs> it is yes. a little, it's, little it's, weird. It's, it's literally in the graphic as well. Like, yeah. You can, look, you can look at the pre, you can look at the, so at four minutes and 20, you look at the uh, graphic, it says push, and then like in the grand finals, and then you go to like, I can't remember how deep in the series where it starts to say hybrid, and I can't remember when I got told it was hybrid. But I think like after three zero, you look at the graphic, still says push. I think after in Queen Street, maybe. And then it says hybrid, maybe. It was definitely something that we noticed, like go I, I feel like I remember seeing it like going into Dorado, then it changed. I know I that after Lee Jung. Yeah. There it is. After Lee Jung going to Dorado. Yep. So just yep. before Dorado it changes. Which is like very odd. I don't know if that was just like a clerical error overall. I'm or... going to assume that Nasty, they right? always. In, I'm going to assume they always intended to go to hybrid seven map yeah. seven, but this wasn't communicated properly. Apparently, to nope. I won't assume if it was communicated properly to the coaching staff or not, but it was definitely not communicated properly. Um, on the broadcast side, because both broadcast right. production and also casters believed it was push, mm. and then and then you get to Dorado, and it's like, nope, hybrid now. Um, I I hope that the coaches <laughs> knew it was hybrid the entire time, because otherwise, yeah. like that changes a lot as far as like oh, coaching sure. decision yeah. making goes. You have a ton of prep put into this that is now just bone. It's like because the the tournament rule set itself states that hybrid right, can't yes. be one of the alternated. Correct. I don't know. So yeah, here, okay, I, here's how it's permissible, right? Like how, how this is not complete fucking clown shoes and you should be ashamed of yourself. Is if you send an email to the team saying hybrid is map 7, but you didn't have that as your... Um, so basically, like, whatever you informed the teams with the, you know, internal information. Correct. If that is hybrid map seven, okay. If you just change it because after not only are the, the uh, like the assets on stream, you also have the yeah. tournament rules prior to the tournament saying as much that hybrid can't be a game mode that will be alternated in order to find a winner. In fact, hybrid can never come up, even if you play uh, until map 10, if you draw for some miraculous reason. Sure. Right? I'll tell you, like, if, if this is not a thing that where one of the coaches went, guys, I know you said this officially, but as the other team can uh, confirm... We've been given this email. We all were under the assumption that it's going to be hybrid on map seven. I'm sorry, like we we both practiced for this. In yeah. that case, okay, it's an it's a uh, it's a cosmetic mistake. If not, and for any reason, this was just changed because this is absolute clown shoes. Mm -hmm. 
This is honestly to me worse than sitting at fucking one beer table combination in order to host a one million dollar tournament. This is worse. You fucked up your format. What the fuck? You you could have. You could have. We don't know. We have to give them the benefit of the doubt and say we we I don't know if assume. the teams were communicated. I have to assume. I as have well. to assume I, that they are not changing the shit yes. in mid match. Yes. You're not six maps in. You're like, oh no, jokes is actually going to be hybrid. I have to assume <laughs> it's not that. Because if yeah. it's that, then you're right. Then it's then that's fucked up. I think it's more the former of what you explained that the teams were communicated yeah. the correct strategy. That this was the format that they were supposed it, to be playing. It that wasn't there was a, communicated to production. Correct. There was a cosmetic yeah, error. Or, and then it got fixed or the you know the website presumably sure could be as well right like there 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 was a breakdown and that's unfortunate um sure. but it's just we weird have to, to do have a little bit of hybrid it is a tiebreaker right because that's the map you can draw it, it, well it's not a tiebreaker but like you're going into those like extra round those championship rounds sure. you don't want maps to tie so it is a little strange but you know again it's not my job you know you you decide They're, the people get paid a lot of money to figure that stuff out so uh, i'll let them uh, continue to do that i don't agree with it but that's just my take i think you just want escort any thoughts, push. On, any thoughts on the game yes, i think it was yes, fantastic just slamming down the rule book yeah fair enough no i'm already i was beyond people. that beyond um, that <laughs> I'm already messaging people. I'm I'm pissed beyond. He's, 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 he's on the case. Yes, he keeps talking about him getting DMs from people. Now, the truth is, he is actually the DM. He's guy the DMer. DMs other people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He That's also true. He's, he's 100 the, the DMer. I mean, I I literally didn't know about this, right? Like, I uh. Sure. We caught it on like as you were watching it. I think the, yes, it was probably on fell the asleep, show but, though. I yes. I didn't I didn't reveal it on those podcasts. It was literally no, in the no, show. No, this yeah, is, no, yeah. no, you heard me at the start of the show. I was like, "Yep, a map, a map seven. We're gonna go to Colosseo probably or New Queen Street." Yeah. And then yeah. like some at some point during the show, I'm like, "So actually, we're gonna go to Midtown for map seven. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, no. But the game as a whole, um. Uh, I well, I won't lie. I started, you know, after Gibraltar, I was like, oh, shit, here we go. This is Overwatch Grand Finals, everybody. Hurdy dur. Here's another 4-0. Like, yeah, I feel what? terrible. They shouldn't have lost, like, Shock's entire plan makes a lot of sense. If they lose Ilios, get sure. Ike, and then it's Glad's that pick Gibraltar, but then it's a 2-1. Yes, it would be so a 2-1. the part there. that it breaks down is somehow Shock lose Ike and Valdo. And then they picked Gibraltar. Like what? I think I don't think they, they played were, Ike particularly they were so well. Sold, they were so sold on the plan that like, yeah, we'll win Ike. They'll pick Jib, and then we'll yeah. pick whatever on map four. That they're like, well, we're supposed. The plan says we're supposed to go to Jib on map three. I guess yeah. we got to pick it now. Like, <laughs> just so committed. They, to the plan. They're just stuck to uh, the plan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. But here's the thing. That I, I I had a bit of a conversation. Uh, you know, I, I got I I need to get some coach input. On, on what the fuck was going on with the diva um and there is a use case for diva on Eichenwalder, which i think is okay i think when you look at Eichenwalder, here's a couple choices you can make and this is i'll speak of the defense first you are not going to play doom defense probably not unless you're like hawk or dante and you're you're probably not going to be playing that most in fact i think even hawk would probably choose to play sigma here a lot of teams would either choose to play sigma defense or maybe a Winston defense at, at most, uh, and you play for counter dives. But the D.Va strategy, 
is kind of like a mobile sigma. The way that I've looked at it and the way I've had it described to me as well is it's kind of like a mobile sigma where you get a lot of the defensive utility of sigma, obviously minus the big ass shield, which is a big part of it. But you're not just like glued to the floor. Like sigma is just stuck in the mud. Whereas Diva can like move around the map. Oh, they are diving us on this side of the map. I'm going to now, uh, you know, peel for my team on that side of the map and just matrix people, right? There is that going for them. Uh, there's a little bit of high ground mobility play that you can make on A as well, not a lot. Um, and you have a small window and a small opportunity to make counter dives, but that's probably not sure. your, main, your primary focus. So, so to to make it to, in simple terms, it's kind of like a mobile sigma on the defense. Mm. Um, I've also I've also in looking to this and having it described to me on attack as well. There are use cases where, because here's a problem in 5v5, and problem in 5v5 right now is that it's not clear who's meant to be pushing payload. That's why you're seeing a lot of C9s. You're seeing a lot of C9s because there's one less player to contest objectives, and it's not as clear in what given situation who is the dedicated payload pusher. I'll so, agree. I'll agree there. I think you've sold me on Diva on that front alone, where it's like there are some oh. use cases on maps, and then it is effective at like so here's touching what, the card. So here's what happens here is when you're attacking with Diva and Ikevol to B, you can effectively ping pong between payload and high ground a, a bit more efficiently than you would with the Winston. Right. Which is one thing. Right. So you Diva becomes a dedicated payload pusher on sure. B and is able to also play for dives and do everything else as well. So they're kind of mm. covering both roles at the same time. Um and there's some open angles on B as well that you could argue self-destruct has value. Um, I've, I've had it described to me in more than one case that self-destruct is a pretty fucking useless ultimate. But on B, there starts to become a little bit more use cases where it's you know far more open. Uh, players have to run much further away to get away from the AoE mm -hmm. um, and out of LOS, right? So there's definitely, especially when you get to the bridge, when you get to the bridge and you get to like the final yeah. area, bomb actually becomes pretty reasonable as an ultimate. Other times, Primal Rage is 100% the better ultimate. So... When you look at that, I don't think the Diva's completely out of the question. I, you, you can still make the argument that Winston is probably the more standard pick there because mm -hmm. the dive pressure with the bubble is so much stronger. You will never be able to convince me that a Diva running at you yeah. is anywhere as effective as a, as a Winston running at you, bubbling you, literally cutting you off from healing by bubbling you while still dealing damage at the same time. If a diva starts matrixing you, the damage you don't the diva no longer has damage output. Yeah. Because micro missiles can only take you so far and that's not very far at all. Yeah. And a matrix doesn't last that long. It lasts a reasonable amount, but it doesn't last forever. And it doesn't block, for example, Lucio healing. It doesn't block beat. It doesn't block a whole bunch of shit that a bubble does block. It blocks Anna healing. Cool. One hero can't heal. What about the others? You know, what about mm -hmm. the other shit? You know, there's a lot that the, the matrix doesn't block, the bubble does block. Um, so the Winston is better offensively and better at like actually committing dives and Primal Rage is a way better ultimate I would say that even in open spaces like on the bridge yeah sure the Diva Bomb covers a higher area but the Primal Rage you can literally boot people off the yeah. map and get kills like, that's fucking insane good, as well yeah. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. so I, I will say that Primal Rage is still even just better across the board even that, that yes. open area but I think first shock in particular even though Kaluj has shown to have a, a subtly good Winston I think you stack all of these things on top of each other. You look at Kalusha's history as a, you know, a flex tank player has a lot of history on D.Va. You can argue that you can play it on certain maps. I think I loved what, you know, Valiant were doing. I think a kickoff clash with it. 
there are some ways it can work, but just by and large, it's just not great. So it's basically like a Kaluge pocket pick. I would say is. so. At yeah. the end of the day, it's a and Kaluge it's cool. pocket pick. I like it. I may not um, agree with it, I will, but I think I it's cool. I will also say that Kaluge, in his mind, probably has a better D even than a Winston. Sure. I mean, it's going to be true when you have like ungodly amounts of amount hours. Of hours yeah. Scrimming, playing ranked, and just like playing in official matches as diva and like none mm -hmm. of that with winston until i watched two yeah so yeah that that's that's the diva explanation Makes for what sense. it is that is uh, and, but i'm still with you know i i'm i'm still not out there saying like oh diva's the truth let's now. go play diva Everyone guys yeah play no. diva no that's a very specific pocket pick just for kaluge yes i think i think it'd be interesting to see a couple of other teams and maybe what that looks like for them but i trust the shot coaching staff i trust kaluge as a player um, to be able to pull that off and, and execute that at a pretty high level. Um, but yeah, in terms of the game itself, I started kind of kind of worried some. New Queen Street was a, a, an eye opener. It seemed like shock, you know, we're coming back. Had, you know, we had a game on our hands. Lee Zhang looked fantastic. Dude. Yeah, I agreed. Like, Fucking I'm kind of just over it. It's like it's... you are you gonna get baited by the Irish lady or the Mexican lady? Like which one is it? it one somebody's it, it, somebody's it, doing one, something. Which one is which one's screwing your team over? Like <laughs> and, and it's funny too, because like shock aren't like removed of having like odd picks. Like, don't forget the S9 millimeter Torb on Night Market, because that was a thing. They still won, but like won don't tell yeah. me that that's like a like a huge Britain. No, no, no. Listen. You don't need to get too crazy with it in the it? grand finals. He played it because he, I think Sam in his mind, he's like, wait a minute, my matchup is Tracer and Sombra. What is a hero <laughs> that annoys the fuck out of Tracer and sure, Sombra? Let's just yeah. go it's the most like, it's the up, most baby. like, it's the most like gold plat counter. Yeah. But like, if you come out and surprise your opponent, it might sure. just work. And yeah. it like sort of did. I'm so here. For, I'm, I'm here. It. The entertainment, like, like, watcher. My popcorn movie brain is like, yeah, let me see. Like I want to see some Sim. I want to see some Tor. But like, like analysis wise, I'm it's, like, eh. it's, it's like when you play like a gold game and like there's a Winston on the other team and your DPS is like, I'm going to play Reaper. Yeah, it's like that. It's, that, it's like that level of like count it like a gold yeah. rank. But in, but in the Overwatch League and it works is mm. what it is. It's just like it actually, but except it actually worked. <laughs> oh, God. And then we've got Dorado. Which, to you know, your credit and the Gladiators' credit makes perfect sense. I think in our Discord live watch party, which tune into Summer Showdown, we will have more of these. Please come in and, and join us. Um, Discord in Discord. Yep. I was I was kind of concerned. I was like, oh, Glads easily take them the circuit. And the way that you kind of explained the flow chart of this game, I'm like, oh, you know what? I agree. You probably don't want to take them the circuit. Like it plays directly into their hand, and Dorado makes a little bit more sense. Toronto's but a Winston then, map. It makes them, yes. You want to go to Winston map. It's a big Correct. Winston map. Yeah. Which which makes perfect sense as to why Glads takes them there. So that was just like Glad's my own. They wanted. Here's yeah. the hierarchy of Glads map priority. For Escort, it goes in this exact order. Gibraltar, Dorado, Route 66, and then the very fucking yep. bottom, Sorry. Circuit Royale. Yeah. And you know what two what the two Escort maps got played were? The number one and number two priority picks for the Glads on this game mode. That's how fucked it was. Yep. Shock uh, gave them Jibby, to be fair, and then they got Dorado. Um, yeah, they got both the escorts they wanted. 
And to oh be fair, God. when you when you start Dorado, it's like and, shocks and don't look bad. They got both the controls they wanted as well. Yes. Because the, the here's uh, let me outline that drafting strategy for Gladiators again. Here's their priority pick order for control. It goes Elios, then Li Jung, then Oasis last. Guess which two controls we went to. You guessed it. <laughs> two game modes, they got their preferred one and two. Uh, hybrid, they wanted Midtown. Shock wanted Ike sure. yeah. Okay, it is what it is. I'm going to get it. Um, push. Glads want Coliseo. Shock probably don't mind Coliseo, but they don't want to deal with that smoke again. So they go. Yeah. They went to Queen Street, which I think is correct. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, Shock got two maps they wanted. Lo and behold, those are the two maps they want as well. Am I wrong? Yeah. New Queen Street and Li Zhang. No, Li Zhang was not one of the maps they wanted. They wanted oh. Oasis, but they got they okay. Well, they got they won well, on they one of the maps they wanted, yeah. and then they they won a map that Glads wanted, but they wanted so. Mm -hmm. Glad's wanted to play the map, but Shock won the map. I understand yes. that was a little bit of mouth word vomit there that didn't sound correct. But yes. Yeah. The uh I think with Dorado in in, in general, um I feel like I say this every time, like we get like a, a round two push into like right towards the end of B. I feel like there's a few like different like big Apex finals and maybe some contenders finals that like and right in that big courtyard, right before you walk into point C, where like you, you're contesting the high ground, you've got to push it in, you've got to get to the golden checkbox. And yeah, like, I that's that just point, where by the way. it's a great point. And it's just like, that's where pushes go to die. And boy, did it go to die there. Boy, how do you down? Rough. I've heard it broken down as Mikey went too early. Yes. Took too much damage and had to back out. Yep. Proper didn't know and he didn't go for the touch and then they just lost. Yep. So this is maybe a miscommunication error. It could be a mixed team thing. Like Mikey in that stage says, I, I think the I think the goal is okay, in an ideal world, mm -hmm. your ball player touches, obviously. Yeah, has the highest HP pool, highest damage mitigation, has fucking minefield as well, by the way, which yep. you absolutely want to be playing on the payload at that time. And then you allow proper to hunt down Arns, because Arns has been a fucking problem. Yes. And Kilo needs help. Right? That's the correct line of play to make. However, if Mikey can't touch, then proper needs to touch. But in order for that to happen, Mikey has to say, I can't touch, proper yeah. go, proper go. And then proper's like, fuck, I'll go. But if that doesn't happen, I'm not in their comms, I'm making some shit up. I'm like trying to, I'm trying to be the detective here, playing back the events mm -hmm. of how I think it went down. I think so that's exactly mind, how it happened, yeah. In my mind, Mikey goes too <laughs> early. He yep. either failed to communicate that he can't touch anymore or proper didn't hear it or whatever the fuck happened there was a there's a some sort of communication error that happened either mikey didn't say it or proper didn't understand one of those two and then proper doesn't touch mikey doesn't touch and no one else can Nobody, fucking touch yeah. and that's it it's done the i 100 agree with everything you just said there the issue that ends up happening because we kind of like as it as it happened we're all losing our fucking mind so we go back and we kind of break it down we again we all agree discord community wise that like if anybody's to blame, it's probably Mikey. Homie yeah. goes way too early. Yeah. He gets chunked and has to immediately flex back to his supports. Yeah. In in that whole like two-second process, proper ends up like moving towards coast, triple blinks, and like there's just a moment that like there's nothing really you can do at that point. And if anybody's gonna shoulder some blame here, because I think people are like 
understandably, if you aren't going to go back and like comb through it, it's it's pretty like understandable why you'd point your finger at proper. But the issue is, is knowing what we know. He he physically can't be there. The only person, the only way that we fix this is if we go back to Mikey's too early engage. And that's where like this push changes dramatically. Well, well the if communication he has to be happening in that moment where like before proper triple blinks. Yes. Proper has to hear and understand that it is now his job to touch. Right. It's clear is, that he does. It's clear that he doesn't know that he was meant to touch in that moment. Right. Which you can either chalk down to he didn't understand what the situation was, he didn't understand what Mikey was saying, mm-hmm. or it just wasn't said. It's one of those two. Sure. Yeah. And like I, I don't this is one of those C9s that like, yes, it is tragic. Oh my, like we flip out, we go crazy. But when you stack everything together, you look at like such a high pressure situation. It's a very, very taut, like tight window of like certain things need to be said and understood in a very small amount of time. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can you can wag your finger at Mikey and say, yeah, you probably went too early. And I think we'd all agree with that. But like, this is not one to be like, oh, egg on your face. Like, lol, shock suck. Like, no, 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 no. Like, this is a high pressure. I agree. I don't know how shock or how glads got through that B push. They're down all because they find kills somehow. Well, and it's all well, they well, they they pulse. Lina, and it's a 5v4 at that point i'm like it's over yeah, yeah there's, there's no way glad's win this now yep but then who touches the card like skewed gets a pick and then Arns gets three and it's just like yep. suddenly wide open again i'm like what skewed they and Arns sh- just get them just get all the kills apparently yep. that should and have been game wide seven. open again that right there you kill reiner and then any other team in this in the league maybe barring Please. the spark just lose you maybe just go there spark. to lose. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But you see, like the comparison, like you need some crazy shy bullshit. You got to shift this into like some magical, imaginary seventh gear yeah. and just find some value. Both and Anz is out of way. heaven and just wins. pretty like, much. You need a miracle. You yes, you need to have the dragon balls. Krillin needs to literally like sacrifice a goat, and you can continue on. Like it, it, it. What, what do you do? What do you do there? Like as shock, like I can't help but oh, be no. boomed for them. Yeah, it was really it was rough. What was your reaction like? Were you guys like, no way? Oh yeah, we were all nine? shitting our pants. We were we I was doing paces in my room. I was doing laps. I'm like, there's no fucking way that just happened. I mean you can hear my commentary at the time. I'm like, yeah. touch, touch, touch. I'm like, yeah. who's touching? Somebody's <laughs> gonna touch. <laughs> I mean that fight was over, wasn't it? That was after Mikey gets them. chunked. No, no. It, no, before that, right? Like, I don't think that Shock has, like, Glads are in a favorable old position. They have to trickle in. I don't think there's a sensible moment where I figured Shock out. Are no favor to I really now know, I I now know why Yiska didn't realize we were going to hybrid. Because he, in that exact moment, he's like, oh, Glads won. He walked away and turned it off and went to bed. <laughs> and that's why he didn't know we were going to hybrid. Yeah. By the way, I I, I double checked. Apparently, it was always going to happen. So, um, okay. The coaches knew is what it was. Yes. Which is not, that's, that's yeah. That's I didn't the talk to the part. coaches, but the orcs. Yeah. Well, that's good. 
glad that that's the case and there wasn't any kind of fuckery going on and well, it has to be because otherwise somebody's coming out either fakes or crusty or somebody's yeah. gonna be like somebody's gonna fuck? be yeah what the fuck is this somebody would have said something yeah, by yeah. now if it wasn't the case maybe someone did say something you know like maybe they had to hand in their sheets and it's like guys i want to make uh you know my check mark at the hybrid map but this is not hybrid map and it's like yeah. oh <laughs> whoopsies <laughs> and that very well could have been the case right and they had to go back and like change the, the I clerical i still stuff. have to say even if we go to map seven it is glad's pick and they will go yes to, uh, they will go to either it, if it's pushed they go to Colosseum, where i think they're favored to win or sure. obviously we know it's hybrid now they choose midtown i promise you they choose midtown and they're favored yeah. to win as well so that's the issue. It's, yes. it's very important to be the first team to hit match point in a series like this. Mm. Because you want to guarantee that if it goes the distance, you get the map choice, not the opponent. Yeah. Although I will say, pushing this is kind of pointless. This is the reason why I'm actually glad yep. to not push map seven. Not just because yep. I don't like push. Because there's no there's no choice. There's no involved. agency. It's, there's not there's not an actual strategy there. You've nope. already played New Queen Street, so if you go to seven, it's nobody's map pick. You just default to the only remaining map. There's no fucking strategy, which is why push for map seven makes no fucking sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign yeah. the 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 charter to remove push, not because I have any kind of bias towards it. I think you know I'm coming around to push as a game mode ever so slightly. We'll see how it ends strategy. up. Anti strategy if a second yes. push appears in the series because there is no agency in the choice. Correct. Anti strategy. And a best of seven, we should not have double push. We should just have single push because there's only two maps. You literally get punished if it's your map choice and it's a push map again because yep. you don't have a choice. You literally just get punished. You just get bullshit. stuck with them. And I'm yes, glad it, it wasn't pushed. It. Agreed. I, um, I hope that gets changed. Any final thoughts about this matchup? I thought it was a banger. I thought it was a great final. It, it Again, it, it may have ended a little anticlimactically, but yep. it was a sit on the edge of your seat. You don't know what's going to happen. We thought it was going to be a 4-0, and it was looking real reverse sweepable by the end of it, yep. right? Like, Shock had every right yep. in this. Unbackable, apparently. If, <laughs> like, this, you did not know how this one was going to end. Like, it was one of the most entertaining experiences we've had all season. And... I hope we see more of it. I hope this was a. I I came into this meta a little hesitant just because it was a little like all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> but it my ended only regret incredibly. My only regret. I don't. Well, uh, a C9 ending is a little sure unfortunate. That my only regret is that because it ended in C9, there was never the the right setup to be like you know hyping up the team winning. You never got yeah. that. You know, yeah. the build up towards and they're about That's to win the true. championship. Yeah. They're about to win the championship. You never got that because it just fucking ended. It just stopped. <laughs> yeah. It's got to it be stopped. So, it's going to be so <laughs> jarring to be like, all right, narrative, narrative. Um, I guess it's over. All right. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah, Gladiators. The only really sad part <laughs> about it. All right. Um, uh, we got to get moving because we're about to uh, approach some time issues here. So, yes. Um, I think it's better that we wrap up now. Mm -hmm. um we're not going to get to the conversation about the viewership thing look right. fun tournament i think the setup ended up being okay they they did the best they could in terms of trying to split the teams up so they weren't just kissing each other yeah um and <laughs> i'm not surprised when you know <sighs> with I'm kind interest of in watching overwatch is at an all-time low i don't know what else there is to expect it just is what it is right so yeah fuck it 
I, I, I kind of go next. Am I, am I a sadistic asshole when I say like I would have wanted to see that? What see to what? see somebody kiss? No, to see the teams in front of each other. I mean, I, I know as a fellow zealot of the Church of Competitive Integrity, like this is an absolute yeah. no go, and I would always say this is pretty horseshit. But like, yes, some part of me wants to see like Hardy just like play atlanta rain i want to see last reach over the computer and flip people off i'm yeah. not saying i'm not saying this is the correct way to go but i do know that even uh pre-cdl so pre-call of duty league and when we okay. were still doing cwl the call the call of duty world league i think the last year that was 2019 so as, as early as 2019 during certain off broadcast matches because the, the tournament was big enough there were enough games that some of them had to be like played offline um, the offline games were played in a scenario, you can confirm this by watching team content when they go to these events, literally face-to-face. -face. Like, that exact original Hawaii setup where they're face-to-face -face and, like, right fucking kissing each other, that that was a legitimate setup for CWL as early as, as late as 2019. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying that's justified or correct, but I'm just saying, like, you know, even This is for normal a, for, like, console for world, Even for a world championship in Call of Duty, that was pretty standard. Yeah. And because they're Call of Duty players, they absolutely fucking yeah. popped off and yelled and swore at each other and fucking, you know, I don't know, all, whatever obscenities you think they did, they mm -hmm. probably did do they probably each did. other in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you are raised in those environments where, like, the enemy is, like, readily accessible to you, <laughs> yeah, you're good. It's going to cultivate that kind of experience. And I think in a weird way... I agree with Yiska's point or like early on to the whole table debacle that like this could have been really entertaining. Like you had Hottie stand up when I, I believe there was a some kind of C9. Oh, it was the shock C9. Yeah, yeah. Where like he's just like, what? What was that, guys? Like you, it was really like you're supposed to be the best team. Like you've got Lastro flipping people on like birds under the table. Reiner and Patty are running on tables and shit like it could have been entertaining. Yeah. Is it scuffed as fuck? Are we playing in a science lab? 100 percent. But like. That's just kind of who we are at this point. Like, let's not deny our our heritage. We we are just kind of a a, a goofy yeah. little bunch. All right. Well, I'm happy to wrap up there and uh, call it an episode. Um. Yep. NA better this tournament. NA better right now. Uh. True. Top of top of NA three. The three teams in NA better than the APAC teams. Yeah. Um. Uh. You do have to admit though that the that. In the middle area of APAC, they were still better than the rest of the NA teams. I think the, the top of NA was just oh, yeah. stronger, admittedly. Um, and uh, also, fuck you, I don't actually care who wins. It doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> I just want to see good Overwatch. Uh, it doesn't... It doesn't... The, I, don't know, I don't know why people are trying to place... Like, people are trying to tell me what I care about beyond what I actually do. That's, so, that's just a really strange experience for me. Mm. You know, it's just like, what? <laughs> I'm just trying to cast some video games. Thanks, though. I mean, thanks. Uh, thank you. Whoever the fuck. Um, two five one. Goodbye.